It's Tuesday, January 26th, 2021, and this is America's newest side dish to accompany your usual plate of conservative podcasts. This is the Steak for Breakfast podcast. Smokey, this is not Nam. This is bowling. There are rules. Today, Junior, America! Steak. For breakfast! So stand by. All right, this episode of the podcast is once again brought to you by Stay Ready Gear USA. Visit stayreadygear.com, use the word steak at checkout, save 5% off anything in their website. Also brought to you by Man Rubs. If you're into barbecuing, uh, Man Rubs is a fantastic supplier of all your barbecue needs, t-shirts, coffee mugs, great barbecue rubs for whatever type of meat you plan on making. They are delicious. Very good. High quality stuff. Big supporters of the show and of the Patriot Movement. Visit their website, manrubs.com. Use the word STEAK15 at checkout. You can save 15% off of anything in their store. So give them a follow on Instagram. Stay with, same with Steady, Stay Ready Gear. Follow them. Support them. Use the code words at checkout to save some money and to support some small businesses. Firearms are things that are something this show holds near and dear i think uh we can all pretty much agree that we all love guns correct oh yeah you know where you can get some where from our friend mike over at west coast survival arms i don't know if you guys know this but he's been servicing southern california and the rest of the nation for over 10 years i heard he was a licensed ffl sure is he can take care of those droves and get you out of there packing heat faster than you can say i'm gonna steal the declaration of independence <laughs> do people that are not in california know what droves is I don't know. Why don't you tell us? Dros is a 15-day waiting period sure is. in California that you have to do. And uh, I know just in California you have to do it. But just a heads up, you're probably going to have to do that whatever state you're at right. within like the next four years. Dealer register of sale or something like that. Yeah. But Mike will get you all fired up and ready to go and uh, ready to protect the Republic with your... Newly purchased firearms. With your bank stick. Exactly. Sweeper. You can find Mike and everything he's got currently for sale over at westcoastsurvivalarms.com. He's also on Facebook and can be reached by phone with questions at 619-870-6992. Um, we also have some friends who are into the uh, morale, tactical morale categories. Uh, the first one is our our friends over at Mediocre Medic. They've got everything you need to accent your tactical gear. Patches. Stickers. Mm. Apparel. Mm. I like it. I don't know if you guys have ever been on their Instagram. I have. Yeah. Yeah. They they have a uh, interesting way of uh, marketing. Right. Flaunting that pride. Um, and then Mark Joe Friday over at Dumpbox is probably one of Facebook and Instagram's biggest proprietors of tactical morale gear. He's got everything from custom morale patches, shirts, banners, flags, pins. If you love this country and uh, like throwing shit either on the inside of your car, patch panels, or on your tactical gear, Mark Joe Friday over at uh, dumpbox.us will get you more than squared away. Fantastic. So, yeah, we got a lot of great friends who are supporting this show right now, and, uh, you know, it's one of those things where uh, we're just rocking with it. Right. So we appreciate all of their uh, helping us out getting started and, uh, you know, moving forward being supporters of the program. So, here we are, week one into uh, hell. Yeah, the Great Reset. <sighs> I know. And uh, we have some approval ratings that came out. Oh, yeah. 
So the first approval ratings for the uh, new administration. Um, has President Biden right now current, currently sitting at about 48%. Why does that sound a lot lower than somebody that we had previously? Oh, that, that's funny that you mentioned that, Noah, because I do have the other numbers. Uh, President Trump's initial approval rating was at 56%. Oh. And then... That's over half. Right, the all-time greatest for the all-time worst president, Obama, his initial was 67%. That's pretty good. But I'm trying. I, I'm I'm having a hard time wrapping my brain around this because we're talking about the freest, fair, and most secure election in history, the most votes in the history of the republic, at over 80 million. Fake news, right? Oh, I was wondering what you're pointing at. And we're sitting at right now a 48 percent approval rating currently for the Biden administration. I just how much? 48 percent. Oh, yeah. That's that number again. Oof, pretty ugly. So week one of the Biden administration saw over, well, we're closer to 40 now, but at least 33 executive orders signed. Uh, here's another compare and contrast to that one. For, of our last three presidents previous to Joe Biden, uh, week one, Donald Trump signed one. Uh, week one, Barack Obama signed five. And week one, George Bush Jr. signed zero. And after today's... Uh, woke racial identity EOs that he signed were over we're, we were at 41 Jeez. equity yeah, I believe exactly. was the uh, key word now mm-hmm. so there's two different kinds of way you can look at this there are new EOs executive orders right that were signed by the current administration and then there are, there are not America first America last catering to the world and the CCP reversals of the previous administration. And we're going to go over a couple of those and see what you guys think. A lot of them are just spiteful. Yeah. Yeah, well, for sure. A lot of them are, I'm in charge now, look at this. Yeah. Well, let's let's go over these right now and, and talk about some of the hypocrisy going on. What do you guys want first, reversals or new ones? Reversals. Let's start with that. Yeah, sure. All right. Trump's streamlined deregulation policies for corporations and the federal government to get in and get jobs done, both under budget and ahead of schedule, reversed. All of those red tapes that make government jobs last two years longer than they should, back in action. Um, Halting on the border wall construction. Which is pointless because I actually just spoke to somebody who works out there. Okay. And they were saying they literally had, like, I don't know if it was... 40 feet or 40 yards. Okay. Still not that much to literally end at a that canyon. Mm-hmm. And they were seeing a huge amount of success with the amount of uh, numbers that they were seeing just based on that, that barrier being there. Okay. Imagine so why that. not just finish it? And then you have less staffing needed in that area. But we're looking at spite. Well, and that's the big one because... Before it was Trump's wall, it was almost every Democratic politician and Republican politician were for a wall. Yeah, yeah that, that was a drive-by headline about all of them, though. They never really meant on stopping what would be eventual voters. Yeah, and that's—I so, was talking to a buddy. The nine-foot chain-link fence wasn't ever going to stop anything. Yeah, and people go, well, you know, Democrats are for immigration. They're for people with a better life. And I'm like, if you think that these people that make well over six figures— 
really care about people from Honduras and um, Guatemala. Guatemala and all these places that are seeking asylum and refuge in the United States. If you think that they're losing sleep at night because of these people need a better life. They sure aren't. They're not. They're, there's a reason that that coincides with no voter ID. Mm-hmm. It's a huge correlation. And to not see that is just being ignorant to the fact that they really only want illegal immigrants here on a streamlined process so that they can have them to win their votes. Because what do the Democrats promise every election? Free stuff. Yeah, sure did. So if you come from a country... I'm glad you said that, actually, because if Dakota was here, ladies and gentlemen, he's not with us today, he would have said, what are the one things they promise after every election and just kind of left it open and to he wouldn't know. awkward and then he silence. Would awkwardly Google it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because he'd, he'd be updating his Facebook status instead of <laughs> <laughs> looking for the answers to the questions he's asking the audience. So I was looking online regarding the border these EOs and the border wall uh, halt. Okay. And it was literally saying that on CNN that it was an ineffective or useless border wall. While 400 miles of border wall were completed, and it's definitely a mitigating factor because they're saying 80% reduction in those areas of illegal crossings. Imagine that. Hmm. So it worked? Well, did the border wall around... The White House and the Capitol work during the inauguration to keep, uh, what is it, uh, white racist nationalists out from stopping? Well, I mean, when you when you open the gate. Right. That was so classic. Well, the gate's open, ladies and gentlemen. All of a sudden, but in CNN's defense, they did actually say that there was no ed- evidence of election fraud. So. How dare you say that? That was very facetious. Yeah, we don't defend that piece of shit on here. You no. are fake news. Yeah. Thank you. Well, then one of the other things is comical is all of a sudden the Democrats are pro uh, National Guard being deployed and pro law enforcement and we need armed guards and we need to build, they would never call it a wall but it's a, what a security gate is what they're calling it Mm -hmm. and it's like if you don't see the irony in the fact that these people have been bitching about the border wall for the last four years and the first thing they do before the inauguration is put up a security gate with armed guards deploying the military when literally six to nine months ago, we were asking for the National Guard to get deployed in all these cities. And it's like, how do people not... Well, the security gates were literally the same security gates that were around the courthouse in Portland. Yep. Like, 100%. Like, there may or may not be a meme that I may or may not be responsible for. Corporate <laughs> needs if you to find the difference between oh, these I two see. pictures. <laughs> you no. that to me. And they're it's the got same. the Capitol. We'll throw that up in story later. And they're the same picture. Well, in addition to that, uh, but also tied directly into it, the expansion of immigration enforcement and EO halting a lot of those things, um, which is some of our favorite Democrat talking points are back after a four-year hiatus, which include catch and release, um, asylum fraud, uh, a halting of the MPP, which has been on the news a lot lately. That's the Migrant Protection Protocols, which has people from countries other than Mexico who are applying for asylum in the United States wait in uh, asylum camps while their court cases are getting ready to uh, be heard. And they're actually seeing a huge reduction in the amount of fraudulent asylum cases when the target audience of the... Uh, Doesn't automatically come in and get free shit. Yeah, so yeah. You, don't, you don't get to go... Imagine and that. just get a free entry. It's just for our viewers, because like I, like we said last week, we live in a border town, so we see the direct impact impact on a lot of these policies and mm-hmm. changes. 
um, people on the East Coast might not see it as intense as we do. Well, what we is, are flying a lot of people there from here. Yeah. Well, yeah, and then you're right. There's people, I mean, everyone's going to see it this time around because it's going to be on a biblical scale of how jacked up this uh, immigration policy is going to affect everybody. But just for the viewers, what's the average um, wait time on an immigration hearing? Do we know that? Yeah, it's, a, it's supposed to be anywhere. I mean, over the course of the last four years, six months to two years. It's so. more closer to two years, right. if, if I'm correct. If well, you're now. not if you're not yeah. coming in and automatically getting free shit, the amount of people that are applying for asylum using fraud and just saying I'm scared to live in my country has been drastically reduced due to the MPP protocols. And so think about this, <clears throat> and before we get too off topic, but you get immigration court date, let's say it's a year, okay. year and a half. And if those people are waiting in the United States, what are they doing for that year, year and a half? Becoming invisible, working illegally, and not attending their court dates. Yeah, imagine that. Didn't Would we have, I think we had a percentage of people that actually show up. I just don't have it here. Yeah, it was in the Let's low teens. It, yeah. it was in the low teens. Um, that, that immigration enforcement halt EEO, uh, statistically, just so the average listener can understand what that means, right now, per cases, the new average will be, just imagine, 9 in 10 Trump administration deportations will now be Biden administration release into the United States. So you're talking about people that are probably have been deported before, have some form of a criminal record, people that under the Trump administration would be escorted to the airport and returned to their country of origin are now going to be released into the United States pending court dates or disappearing into the close to 30 million illegals that already live in the United States and uh, just becoming another statistic. Um, something that ties directly into that number. Well, it encourages them to come now right and talks about people being illegally present in the united states is the census uh non-citizens and illegals will now be allowed to be counted in the census the national census what, are, what is the census for isn't it to get a gauge of the people that live in your country yeah isn't no, that not only that, important for it also gauges uh the appropriation of federal funds for people who need free shit in those areas and it's how they de define like school size and teacher size and things like yeah. that so it seems like it would be beneficial to know who's there, yeah, regardless of whatever their status is, right? Because the status isn't going to change. Yeah. Well, I mean, they're working on it. One that's near and dear to my heart, and one of I think uh, the most impactful reversals from the Biden administration, which directly affects all of our children, is the uh, disbanding of the 1776 Commission. Uh, we've talked about it on the show several times. Um, it's directly tied to the 1619 Project, which is something that was invented by an editor at the New York Times. Yay. And the 1776 Commission will no longer be a government entity, and we will go back to having things like um, identity politics and the 1619 Project weaved into curriculums for K-12 through to the United States. And what that basically does is um, it fortifies a woke liberal stance that instead of being founded in 1776 per the Constitution, the United States was founded in 1619 um, on the vice of slavery. So, I mean, Nick and I both have school-aged children. I always got my eyes open for what they're teaching and why. I haven't seen any of that stuff in my kid's school personally yet, but I do know in California it's where we're all at right now. It's, it's interwoven into a lot of the uh, academics, and, and I'll be looking for 
you know, reasons to go to those PTA meetings when stuff like that comes up in my kids' classes. Well, the whole the whole message with the 1619 Project is basically just stating that there's nothing good about America. It was founded on this For racists by racists. For racists by racists. So, and if you have anything against that... You're or, racist. You're obviously a racist, but... The message of the left right now is that America is more racist now than it has ever been before. Ah, uh, critical race theory. Yeah, and I mean, so if you look back, there's some stats that I pulled off somewhere else. In 1958, only 4% of whites were in favor of interracial marriage. Okay. Okay. So now, based on 2002, 90% of whites oppose laws against it. And that's just people opposing the laws. Right, like that's, if you, that's also 20 years ago. So just imagine now it's got to be way higher. Oh, imagine now it's ri ridiculously yeah. high. You're, you're probably talking about in the fraction of a percent of people who aren't for it. Yeah. So, well, I'm, I'm, a, I'm, I'm interracially married. My wife is of Mexican descent. I believe she's first-generation American. I'm second-generation Italian. Nick? My wife, I think she's third-generation okay. Mexican. And I'm third or fourth, I'm trying to figure out, Italian as well. Um, well, if your grandpa's still here, he's first-generation American. He my great-grandfather. He became a citizen? Yeah. Okay. So, um, so it would be anything after him. So you're third-generation American. Yeah. And you're married to someone of Mexican descent as well. Mm-hmm. So. And we know lots. You know, like one of my best friends at work is, he's a black guy and he's married to, uh, I don't know if she's Hispanic or, I can't remember exactly. It's just, it's what's freaky to me is how blind people are to the fact that um, <clears throat> voting for this guy is not just like, okay, you won, right? We get that. You won unfair. Regardless, your guy won. Obviously, we know he cheated. And they're celebrating that fact, but the repercussions of that, people have no idea. Like, the just the societal outcome of what is going to come. I mean, we're in a week of this guy signing stuff away, and the the vibe of this country has changed dramatically. We're not even through a third of the reversals I'm going to drop on you guys right now. And there's, I don't know if you guys saw this on Twitter. I deleted my Twitter because there's no point in even being on there anymore. Hey, is there any chance that you would make a new Twitter and give me the, <laughs> the sign in for it? Because hmm. we're down to it. We've lost five. <laughs> have you tried a, a VPN yet? I do have one now. And is it working? No, they nuked the first one I made on the <laughs> VPN. But I, here's the thing. I was wondering if you guys, you know our Steak for Breakfast logo. You see it on our Instagram page. and then Maybe mm -hmm. they're just doing a visual like can recognition. We should do one with like the glasses and a mustache. Well, can either one of you like guys do one with... Yeah, that's what I was saying. Can you guys throw a mustache on that guy? And oh, I could. Maybe like I could make America it. Great Again hat? That'd be perfect. Yeah. And I could make it the Not Steak for Breakfast podcast. <laughs> not, the, 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 not the Steak for Breakfast right, podcast. Definitely not the Steak so. for Breakfast podcast. And then we'll see how it goes. I really... I hate Twitter, but I miss it because there's a lot of breaking news that I don't yeah, see. Yeah, and that's the hard part. So one of the things that was trending on Twitter was people coming out and going, I've been a lifelong Democrat, and seeing this guy's... Um, I saw it was a ton of people coming out and going, I regret voting for this guy. Now would they have voted for Trump? Who knows? I mean, it's, that's all dead and gone. But these people, there's a lot of people that are already having, quote-unquote, buyer's remorse um, for voting for this guy, and he's not even... I mean, the damage hasn't even been set. It's literally the no, precipice. he's laying the groundwork. Yeah, he's literally laying the groundwork. And America the precipice lasts. for what is going to happen and come to. I mean, 
You think about a lot of these policies, especially with kids' education, a lot of these people that are voting on this and that are for it don't have kids in school. Right. You know, when I grew up in school, and, and you guys can attest to this, there was no crazy bias. There was no, you were taught out of a history book, and it is what it is. And, yeah. and people weren't taught to hate this country. And I think the pride of America is going to go downhill because when you have all these celebrities who are bashing on capitalism and America, meanwhile, they're making fortunes off of people watching them play a children's game on live TV. We watch so many movies that you can't even watch in school anymore when I was growing up. Like, I, I, I went to school in the 80s and 90s. And, How about you know, books? Right. But, I mean, we watched Glory. We watched Philadelphia. We watched, you know, movies that had really impactful, but across the board... Uh, historical impacts and the, those movies just you're just not allowed to watch them. We watched Conquest 1492. Not a lot of people know about this movie. It was done by the guy who does uh, Avatar, James Kirk Cameron. Cameron. James, James Cameron. Cameron, Kirk Cameron's Family Ties. Oh, okay. James Cameron, Close. famous director, right? He did like it's like a three hour or maybe even four hour docudrama about that dude the, loves doing long movies, right? Well, he did it's called Conquest. 1492, and it's basically like a docudrama about the life and times of Christopher Columbus from his rejection in Italy all the way up to him going basically crazy and his sons writing his biographies, mm -hmm. you know. But Gerald Depardieu, who's old now but was, you know, a prominent actor back in, in the 80s, he did a lot of famous movies. He's like, kind of like that French guy. He's got the really big nose. Isn't it Depardieu? What? Depardieu. <laughs> and uh, Sigourney <laughs> Weaver. <laughs> Sigourney Weaver. She was the uh, she was the queen of Spain. Who, uh -huh. and it shows like the intertwining of like their relationship about how everybody thought he was fucking crazy and everybody thought he was a complete idiot. Yeah. And uh, but it goes through everything, all the way through like uh, discovering the new world and then like Spain coming for round two after they bring like the golden spices and some of the natives back to Spain to instill slavery, but that's not the way Gerald Depardieu playing Christopher Columbus wanted it to go. He wanted to spread Christianity, and then there was a big fight, and it got destroyed by hurricanes. Yeah. But long story short is, if you showed that movie to a middle school history class in this day and age, you'd be fucking fired. You'd period. probably face charges. You'd get yeah. sued. Mm -hmm. and, and, and that's a critically acclaimed, I believe it won some major awards back when it came out. It is a beautiful movie. And uh, you can't find it anywhere now. You have to go like buy a bootleg DVD of it if you want to see it. What I think a lot of this stuff stems from. I've been reading a lot of books on like manhood and, and how to bring back the idea of manhood in the household and how that Trad idea, values. yeah, is dead. Yeah. And I think a lot of that, a lot of where we're at stems from two things: either not having a father figure in the house, or having a father figure who's basically a beta male. Who goes to work, comes home, sits on his ass and watches TV, doesn't interact with the kids, doesn't show him. Rides his bicycle baseball, home. Rides his bike with a helmet on like a little nerd. You know, I've been working behind the scenes. And our audience is extremely broad. I think one of the things we could all agree on and someone that's a regular listener on the show is, is that we all support traditional values. Correct. Whether or not it has anything to do with your gender, your sexual identity, your politics or anything, going home at the end of the day and having a family is someone that, regardless of what you think, wants and has. Mm -hmm. Okay. And it can range from anything from the typical American family model all the way up to you're a cat mom or a dog dad. You know what I'm saying? Shut the fuck up. I've been trying <laughs> extremely <fired>. hard. <laughs> I always share our show with someone that I know. She is a, I would call her a revolutionary in the field. Well, maybe re-revolutionary because she's trying to bring traditional values back. Mm -hmm. And someone who really cares about those values to where she's already had a 
place to speak. She's spoken in Washington before in advocacy wow. for traditional values, uh, pro-life, things of that nature. And uh, Bernadine Bluntly, I'm going to send you our podcast again like I do every week. You always heart react it, but when I ask you to come on the show, you leave me on red. So I'm calling you out right now, and I'm writing this timestamp down. So when I send you the show this week, I'm going to say it's 24 yeah, minutes. The invitation is there for you to come to talk about traditional family values and uh, you know things of that nature because we want to hear what you have to say, and I think our listeners really want to hear your voice. Um, and I think. On this show, in reality, like traditional family values, a lot of times, it's not it's not exclusively a Republican view, but a lot of times it's very conservative. You know, like my dad always taught me: you never borrow money from people. Right. You never get into debt. You always shake people's hands and look them in the eye. Oh my god! I used to hate. I was like eight years old, and my dad would like grab my arm and he go, "This is Mister So and So." And I, you know, as a kid, your self-esteem, you know, when you're in like a business environment with my dad, look him in the eye, shake his hand, and you're just like, oh my God, this is super awkward. And now like, and I meet people like at the bank, I mean, now people don't do it at the coronavirus, but like every person I meet, I you shake fist, their you hand. fist bump them now. Right. And people look at you weird because it's like, that's an old timey thing, but yeah. instilling those values, you know, you have people that never had that and it's unfortunate, but at the end of the day, these people that don't have a gnarly positive father figure in their household teaching them things have no confidence out in the world yeah people and don't that's even, those people that get offended by everything right they don't even make eye contact with you anymore because the only time they ever talk to people is when they're yelling it out on social media well, yeah. they immediately go home and like rather than say hey uh my meal's fucked up at the restaurant they just go home and like a right. scalding yelp review exactly. yeah and that like one thing my dad always taught me when you're on the phone with people like uh Cox Communication, which is like our local cable, or like SDG&E or something like that, and you're having issues, one of the biggest things to get your point across is you ask them, where are you at right now? I'm going to come down and talk to you in person. Yeah. And then two things are going to happen. Either They're going to say India. They're going to call your bluff. If it's a local thing, they're going to call your bluff, and then they'll, you know, oh, I'm right here. It's like, okay, I'll be down there in 10 minutes. Or they're going to call the cops. <laughs> <laughs> or they fix it on the phone, and that's right. one thing I learned from my dad. Like, that's a man's way of handling business. No, you're right. So... Um, and that's something that's lost. It's not something that is very um, taught these days. Nope. It's, it's sure not doesn't. something that is is taught, and you're sure as heck not going to get that in the school system. Yeah. Well, moving forward, the uh, Keystone Pipeline was canceled. Uh, that set off some... Jesus Christ. Right. Disdain in Canada, <laughs> where, where the prime minister of the province, where... Keystone Pipeline, I guess, is attached to in Canada, was really angry that basically without any kind of notice, they just decided to, instead of maybe negotiating it or, or even giving them a kind of a heads up, they just kind of said, you know what, we're not going to do that anymore. So now they're going to leave a three-quarters of the way done project unfinished. And you'll never believe this. This is going to send a lot of that oil production, even though there's 25 million miles of underground safe oil transfer pipeline in the United States. That was one of Biden's things that he went to. He canceled what? How many? Almost 11,000 union jobs instantly with that. And gives the work back to, from that area, every one of everybody's favorite pieces of shit, good old DNC mega donor Warren Buffett, who owns the largest oil railway transportation system in the United States. So oh, just scissor me timbers. Exactly. And it's not like, okay, so you cancel the pipeline. This oil is still going to be 
It's just pulled out of the ground. No, it's still going to be pulled out of the ground. It's just going to have to get transported by trucks, trains, and cargo ships. Which, if you do the math, what isn't there a lot more emissions involved with? Uh, It'd be a ton. Oh, but Biden also said he was going to take all the federal vehicles in the whole country and make them electronic. Yeah, isn't it so weird that people like Nancy Pelosi and Lindsey Graham had mega investments in Tesla before it blew up this year, and now Biden's coming out and saying all of the government-ran vehicles are going to be switching to zero-emission electric. You know what? If Elon Musk really was the man who we all think he is, super fucking red-pilled, a closet Trump supporter, like one foot out of the door, and basically real-life Iron Man, we all agree on that? I 100% yeah. believe that. The real-life Iron Man he, You know he's got sure. a goddamn Iron Man suit. He's building it, if not. They would offer that contract, and he would publicly turn it down. I could, I could definitely see him doing that. Me too. Because he, that dude has so much money. He's, he's worried about space right yep. now. He's like, outer space is where I'm going. You guys uh, drive around your little go-karts here. I'm out. Mr. Musk, if you're listening, uh, we'd like you to yeah. be a sponsor. He's if also you, a huge. If you do the Tesla phone, I, yeah. I could use a new phone. We could just, can we have Tesla anything, please, to yeah. make this podcast I have Tesla better. solar panels. Oh, there you go. Do you have uh, any more stats on the Keystone Pipeline there in front of you? I'm sure you have some. I might have a couple. Drop them. All right. So you what said how many American Union jobs did you say? Uh, over 11,000. I've got 10,000, but whatever. Okay. Same thing. But it's union jobs. Yes. And wasn't that a huge Biden thing that they were going to just like unionize everything? Unionize everything? Well, you're just shit, shit canning 10,000 or 11,000. There's wages exceeding $2.2 billion in income that's going to get lost from that. So, oh, the union thing, it's actually on his website that he wants to create union jobs. So there's a bunch that he's losing. Yeah, that's definitely wrong. There's going to be 2,000 current workers that are going to lose their jobs. Immediately. Immediately. Like, you went to work two days ago, today you're unemployed. There's going to be $3 billion in contracts that were going to be awarded to U.S. Uh, contractors and suppliers that are lost. All the new steel for the pipeline was going to be made in America. Yep. There's, there was going to be $1 billion for Native American communities to become partners in the project. And the $100 million in property taxes for rural American uh, areas that they were going to have. Uh, affected by the construction. Yeah. yeah. So America first. Trump's Keystone Pipeline plan. America, go fuck yourself with the current Biden executive order stopping it. Yeah, um, so that's an absolute nightmare. Well, it's good that you brought up all the money we're losing and unemployment because that ties directly into the next reversal of Trump policies. We are now rejoining the Pir- Paris Climate Accord. Here's a couple things we need to know on that. First of all, the European Union announced that the United States has reduced emissions so much over the last 10 years, including greatly over the last four, that they technically don't need to rejoin it because there's no real incentive. incentive. The major impacts of rejoining the Climate Accord are uh, over the first five years, forecasted negative 3.2 GDP, and nationally, each year, a reduction in employment of 2%. So you're talking about over the course of the next four years, 8% or, yeah, 8% unemployment increased, and close to negative 10 GDP in regards to the stuff that we weren't putting into that when Trump halted being a part of it. So... Um, another huge conglomerate that we have no business being in, but we decided to rejoin because we're entering a one-world government now is uh, the World Health Organization. God, yeah, gee, they've the... been really on top of it. Two things you need to know about that: a legitimate, documented <sighs> war criminal, okay, is the head of that. Yep. Look it up. 
and China controls it. Yeah. So China first, America last, by rejoining the uh, WHO. Um, something that is in direct uh, contrast to canceling the Keystone Pipeline, uh, Biden restored union powers and federal worker protection uh, for people where, and basically what you need to understand is there was people in high-ranking government positions. Uh, their jobs become, one, unattainable, two, ridiculously salaried, and what Trump did was only be able to put them up for review and termination if they weren't doing their jobs. So they no longer had protection of, I can just ride this job out to I'm 100 years old, I'm going to collect an American paycheck on American dime and no matter what i do i'm not going to get in trouble for it all you have to do is just put out a memo once a week that right. says something relevant or not, not relevant yeah or and the that, same memo also intertwined in that eo was a pathway to 15 dollars uh minimum wage which would destroy number one the middle class number two small business and reduce the workforce in the united states over the next four years by 4.7 percent hmm. yeah it's so funny just, how a lot of most of the people that I would see that want a $15 an hour minimum wage are not business owners. Nope. Do not own homes. Nope. Do not own rental properties. Absolutely not. Do not own probably their own car even. And how about this one? Know how to run a business. Yeah. yeah. Why is everyone so fucking stupid? Exactly. Exactly. Transgenders in the military. Uh, Biden called his EO a reversal of the Trump transgender ban. However, the Trump transgender policy EO that was enacted in regards to the military had nothing to do with banning transgenders. All it did was stop the American government for taking either men or women who joined the military and only joined the military to receive free federal funding to transition to whatever they'd want to be in the end. So so now we're paying for gender reassignment surgery? Exactly. And, and some people, like, they put it out there on their social media. It's been well documented. And it was a lot of the evidence behind Trump initiating the EO back in the day was that if you're going to join the military simply to be gender reassigned, then that's not what the military is there for. If you're joining the military for anything. Right. Even if, look. And you should know that you probably just really don't want military doctors operating around your goods. Your, your private parts. Yeah. Your no -no I don't square. even like going to the dentist. I haven't gone to a base. dentist in 11 years, and I have it. I go to my civilian dentist and pay versus going to... Um, well, if you're joining the military for military for anything, it's, I mean, besides serving this country, and, and if I could go, one thing I regret is going to college instead of the military. If I can go back, I would have done military before and not done college. Okay. If you're going just for free education, that's probably not the right thing. Yep. Your heart's not in the right place. But if you're going so you can... Well, how do they even do it? They get cadavers of other dead people and so on wieners to people? No, you don't work? get so, You're not talking about wieners. They, uh, they make you with you. I, I don't know how they do it pretty much, but, you know, I've seen some, some videos. and It's like that game operation. It buzzes when you get too close to the edge. Exactly. I'm just so confused of how that even Well, happens, and just the, uh, the amount of cost involved in something like that. It's like you don't join the military because you want to get a nose job. Right. Plastic surgery. Stand nope. by. You your, might your eyes are too to close together. In the next four years. Yeah. First person that sues is going to wind up fucking it up for everybody even more and put us more into debt. So, how are but, the good American people going to pay for all that? Taxedly. Hmm. Yeah. New COVID travel ban restrictions lifting. That's and racist. And inflammations. It's happening. Isn't that racist? So to implement travel bans based off of a virus. Well, tell it me was if this racist makes sense to you. a year ago. 
It reversed Trump travel bans, restrictions from several terrorism-sponsoring nations, including Iraq, Iran, Sudan, Syria, and also loosened a lot of the travel restrictions that were implemented during the coronavirus on China. However, now restricted countries like the United Kingdom, England, Ireland, and South Africa. Which are like the three of the nicest countries. Well, I, I, mean, I mean, they're countries that we, we have really good longstanding relationships with. I, I guess the, the theory behind it was that new strain. But you know what? Exactly. Everybody's fucking rolling their eyes. Well, all of this wasn't even just like a ban of anyone from these areas to come. It was extra scrutiny for anybody that was going to be issued a visa, right? Yeah. Here's the other thing. If you're not coming here... I thought you were going to say, I'm, I'm retarded. <laughs> here's, here's, here's the deal. No, but if you're not coming here to work and to skim off the system, which is what this caravan is all about, because otherwise this caravan would have been making headway the last four years consistently the minute uh, Mr. McGrew gets sworn in. Mr. McGoo. Si- Mr. McGoo, whatever his name is, gets sworn in. Joey Basements. <laughs> now these people are coming. Obviously, that asylum claim is illegitimate. People that are coming, there's nobody trying to come vacation here right now. A lot of people are probably making a hard left when it comes to coming to the U.S. right now. So you have people in Ireland and stuff, they're probably like, yeah, we weren't planning on going to the U.S. anytime soon anyway. You guys got to get your shit together before we start coming back over there for vacation and stuff. So that was just some of the Trump reversals. But now let's talk about some of the new bullshit that Biden has implemented through executive order. Now, remember, topping and eclipsing the 40 EO mark. Uh, protections for Liberian asylum claims, uh, state sponsor of terrorism. Liberian asylum yep. claims. Uh, reinstates new DACA protections. Glorious. All the people that are here illegally anyway are now going to get new protections and probably a path to citizenship. Which those. wasn't even constitutional when they enforced that the first time. There is now an EO that was signed that said there will be no drilling or fracking of any kind on any federal land, period. I thought it was uh, new, new fracking. Right. But Kamala Harris said that that was a lie. Uh, and a 100-day mask challenge, which includes... I give up on the mask challenge. It includes a stipulation, I and we're all going to laugh about this, but we're not really going to get into it, that states, as of yesterday, anyone internationally traveling and providing application for entry into the United States must prove documented evidence of a negative COVID test. I feel like that's probably not happening. You are fake news. Zero percent happening. Let me tell you this. Zero percent. Wait, wait, wait. Read that again for me. People, travelers, must provide proof of a negative COVID test before applying for entry to the United States when traveling internationally. And that's an executive order? That is an executive order that was signed yesterday. Look, so you probably print that thing out and take it with you everywhere. (laughs) Look, I've been to Mexico a couple times. <gasps> oh. Back in the day. That's both scary and dangerous. Let me tell you this. Half the people that walk across here in San Ysidro don't even have shoes on. If you expect them to go to a doctor and get a negative test. To get a COVID passport stamp. And to arrive at the border without it all crumpled up and snot all over it. Good luck. It's not going to happen. In addition to those executive orders and the fact that over the last couple of days and during news conferences, whenever Joe Biden would publicly appear and either sign things or talk about things that he's implementing in regards to the new administration. Um, He has pre-selected questions for members of the press 
and has refused to take additional ones. Softball to the max. Yeah, exactly. I think the limit right now, the cap on the questions are five, and they are only from some of your biggest pieces of shit, news organizations, CNN, MSNBC, you know, uh, CBS, and things of that nature. I guess a Fox News correspondent interrupted him the other day, but it looks so staged to where Joe Biden stopped mid-stride and said, you want to know what? I remember you from the Obama administration, man, and you always ask those hardball questions, so let's have it. And it was... Uh, What's your the, favorite flavor of ice cream? Right. It was, it, it was the Ducey who... Oh my the one God. who hosts the morning show was his brother. Well, so that wasn't planned. No, it was completely planned. And this question was so softball in regards to our relationship with Russia, and that's so fucking old news. Um, Biden is also keeping at least 5,000 of the troops who are TDY to the Capitol this week, raising questions from lawmakers on both sides of the aisle, including one of our show's favorite moderates, probably soon to be someday Republican, Tulsi Gabbard. Hmm. Right? She's... We've, as close as she's ever been. Yeah, we kind of like her on the show. She was on Waters World this week, and uh, you know, she talked about um, direct response to a tweet she gave out, which said she asked if uh, Joe Biden was basically implementing martial law. And uh, yeah, so let's listen to what Tulsi had to say um, when she appeared on Waters World this week on Fox News. This is directly from her uh, Twitter, and uh, talks about what's going on with the troops remaining in D.C. Former Congresswoman from Hawaii, Tulsi Gabbard. So, Congresswoman, we saw some really disgusting pictures of brave men and women who traveled from across the country to protect the Capitol, sleeping on cement, sleeping in parking garages, not having anywhere to go to the bathroom. I just felt so terrible, especially because of the fact, did they really need to be there in, in, in that large number? Now, first of all, it made me so angry to see all of these different images uh, coming from National Guard soldiers, really posting the reality of the situation that they were in, being shoved into the parking garage that's freezing cold, all strewn about lying on the ground, really being discarded as though they don't even matter. Meanwhile, as you said, our troops, National Guard soldiers, some of whom I've served with, you know, 200 came from Hawaii, went to Washington, D.C., answered that call to serve like everybody else only to be mistreated uh, in this way. Uh, no, to answer your question, the militarization of our nation's capital uh, was, was not only unnecessary. Yes, we need to make sure that this transition of power happens peacefully and safely, but to send that message both to the American people and to the world that somehow our nation's capital is is under attack and, and threat of, of a siege, of, of, of taking over. Uh, I, I just don't think that's the message that we want to send to the American people and to the world, especially as we, we conduct this peaceful transition of power. And everybody wanted to have beefed up security. We're not saying they didn't need security. What we're saying is 25,000. I mean, you, we, we, yeah. we could take over, I don't know, I don't want to name a country, but I mean, 25,000 is a lot of boots on the ground. And for what? It's a lot. Because even the Department of Defense said lot. that there was no intelligence indicating any imminent attack. And the fact that some of these politicians taking selfies with these guys and then an hour later they're sleeping on the pavement in the freezing cold. I mean, what the hell is that all about? It's outrageous. 
It's outrageous uh, to see that kind of, uh, you know, the, the photo op and then and then turn around and, and walk away and forget. Unfortunately, I've, I've seen this happen as well uh, in some of my deployments. I've seen it too many times where we have troops deployed, lives on the line, in danger, and then you have politicians drop in for a few hours, take a picture, smile, shake a few hands, and then go back and, and don't actually do anything to address the reason, hey, why are our troops deployed overseas? Are we taking care of them when they come home? And are we honoring the great service and sacrifice that they and their family members uh, are providing to our country? On the National Guard, though, in our nation's capital, I read something as well that uh, I think everyone would find disturbing in that not only were 25,000 deployed on Inauguration Day, militarizing our nation's capital, but even as about half of that number are heading home, uh, the officials in Washington are saying that they plan to keep an enduring presence of thousands of National Guard troops in our nation's capital. I haven't seen the justification of that, but again, it just reinforces my concern about what is the kind of, what, what is the message that they are sending to the American people? What, what is it that they are trying to accomplish now by creating an enduring presence? That sounds a lot like a lot of the stuff that we've seen happen overseas. Yeah, I think you're right about that. And that is alarm alarming. And I think it's like you said, they're, they're exacerbating a crisis, which was a crisis, but they're exacerbating it in order to use the fear and trauma and make people intimidated and scared about their fellow Americans. All right, Congresswoman, thank you very much. And always thank you for your service and thanks for coming on Waters World. It's always about honor thank you. and respect. You're right. So there was Tulsi Gabbard right now basically tying in a lot of the stuff that we've talked about. Uh, King Biden and his EOs through the first week of the uh, administration and then what's going on with the troops. We uh, do have some new information in regards to uh, a lot of the voter fraud stuff that was going on during the election. I'm reading now from an article uh, in the Gateway Pundit. It was released yesterday. It showed an accurate list of the 2020 election fraud cases, and it basically tells that 81 cases totally were filed, 30 are still active, and not one single court has allowed evidence to be argued. We've talked about this on the show in in great extent and uh you know they go on to say that the election will go down as arguably the greatest fraud in the history of the world um the tremendously popular incumbent candidate president trump was easily winning the race on election night in a landslide and then suddenly multiple states took breaks quit counting and by the end of the week the election was flipped to joe biden uh then as the president and his team attempted to address the fraud and alleged abnormalities the courts refused in any case evidence to be brought before a court of law and uh, it basically gave some good bullet points that I just want to review for the show in, in regards to the things that are still going on. Uh, like I said, 81 cases total um, based on the 2020 election. In 45 of those cases, President Trump was the plaintiff. In 34 of those cases, he is not the plaintiff. They are other people who are, you know, bringing the cases to the court. In two cases, he's the defendant. In 72 of those cases, illegal voting is alleged. And in zero of the 72 cases where illegal voting is alleged, the evidence has been, no evidence has been allowed to be presented. 30 of those cases remain active. There's a link for the uh, 
case, and then it goes over some of the things that were, were going on in regards to that. There were thousands of instances of voter fraud. Those were put on social media. They were alleged by witnesses who signed affidavits. Multiple states challenged their laws to provide for absentee ballots, and the remedy is alleged to be not legal. The FBI to this date has done nothing to review the alleged fraud. That's zero open cases by the FBI. The Department of Justice denied any alleged material um, regarding to instances of fraud. Um, Democrats were named and accused in those cases of propagating election flawed, fraud. Uh, state legislators certified their results with millions of ballots in question. That is 100% fact. Uh, the U.S. Congress on January 6th accepted these certified results, which ignored the thousands of instances of election fraud. And the last one is, and as we all know, our modern-day Judas Vice President, well, former Vice President Mike Pence, accepted these results despite state legislators asking him to examine the results. What that means is that even though that ballots in these states were certified by the Secretary of States and ratified by the governors to be sent on to the Electoral College... Um, the Republican state legislators in those states objected to those signings and asked the vice president to have them kicked back for review and or legal proceedings. And as we all know, as of today, that did not happen. So, you know, it's just something to think about. 31 of those cases are still active. Um, we have entered, as of yesterday, the articles of impeachment in regards to Donald Trump um, winning his second title as impeachment champion of the world. Uh, were delivered from the House to the Senate. Rand Paul made a motion today to kick the Articles of Impeachment and not have the Senate hear it, and that was shot down 55 to 45 um, with your usual douchebags, Romney, Sass, Cheney, voting for impeachment to go on, but some weird ones, McConnell, Lindsey Graham, and people of that nature voting for it to get kicked. So it looks like we've talked about the Uniparty. We've talked about one hand washing the other in regards to these Republicans and Democrats, and there's not much different. When you get to the establishment ones, yeah. different difference between them. But uh, what you're talking about now is uh, it seems like by some of the senators agreeing with Rand Paul to have the impeachment kick, they're basically appeasing both sides of you know their constituency. Um, just so you guys know, uh, official censors, which means the states where these people uh, represent, namely Mitch McConnell and Liz Cheney, have censored them and basically telling them to shut the fuck up. The stuff that you're saying on television and the things that you're doing on Capitol Hill as a senator representing these states is not what, number one, the party agrees with, and number two, what the people who voted you into office agrees with. So those are a couple of things to take in mind as we head um, basically into the impeachment trial, uh, which should be starting any day soon. They had like a start date originally of February 8th, but since they're already voting on motions and stuff of that nature, I don't know exactly when. As of today, they're actually going to be getting on with that. So. Isn't it like not constitutional to impeach somebody who's not the president? Well, that was part of the basis that Rand yeah. Paul suggested his motion today to kick it. Yeah, it's like a, a girlfriend and boyfriend who broke up, and the girlfriend will stop like texting him and bothering him, and he's like, "I'm just trying to move on and find somebody else." And yeah. she's like, "No, you're. St we have stuff we need to hash out." And he's like, "I'm done. It's over." They don't know. What to, they don't know <laughs> what to do with themselves now that that Donald Trump is gone. They're probably wondering, um, what is he doing now? Has yeah. he been tweeting? Is he trying to tweet? Did he create in the Twitter? Is we'll, he on Instagram? What is he doing? We'll get into the show later exactly what Donald Trump's doing because it's it's things that I would I would rate on the Trump scale as bigly, 
Big league. Yeah. Big league. Yeah. So, you know, that's that's pretty much where we're going. Um, all of our friends over at the uh, QAnon Bunch have kind of been regrouping and recouping after, you know, the things that <laughs> along the lines of the, they were hoping were going to happen in regards to, you know, Donald Trump and the military kind of saving the republic. Um, you know, they're, they're licking their wounds and, and, and they're getting organized. It's like we talked about on the show last week. Regardless of what your political affiliation is, if you are a patriot, if you are America first, and you care about the things that this country was founded on, then it's time for everybody in that group to get their ass and their acts together and to get involved in some grassrootsedly ways to primary the people who did not vote along those lines and get people in there who basically are going to, uh, you know, enforce and enact on behalf of the people in America First Agenda. Hmm. Um, one of our favorite shun- <laughs> sunshine spreaders, <laughs> good old Alex Jones, uh, who was on the QAnon train for a while, at times maybe said who he knew who the actual Q was. Um, there are allegations that he even called himself Q at some point. We don't know where he's going, but <laughs> Alex Jones this week kind of went down the Tucker Carlson road of, I need my infowar exclusive, and if I can't get it, it's not only fake, but it's bullshit. So he kind of went on an epic rant on his show in regards to that whole movement. It's, his, his Braveheart speeches at, it, it, <laughs> in front of them. It's, it's not the way we necessarily view it on the show, but it's one of those things where, you know, it's just Alex Jones being Alex Jones. It's a brief excerpt from one of the shows there, and I think for comedic purposes solely <clears throat> we're just gonna throw it in there right now and here's our here's our good friend alex jones <laughs> broke all that we know that i'm saying q tells us stuff in all of its lies is what i'm saying you keep you keep interrupting me because you're lying because you're full of shit that's why because every god thing goddamn thing out of you people's mouths doesn't come true and it's always oh there's energy and oh now we're done with trump you said he was the messiah you said he was invincible you said it was all over they were all going to get mo now oh he's part of a larger thing of q i will not suffer your q people after this i knew what you were day one and i know what you are now and i'm sick of it I'm sick of all these witches and warlocks and pumpkin <laughs> popsums and everything. <laughs> oh, he even laughed. Bye bye, Q. I can't talk to you anymore. <laughs> so there you go. I mean, you know, it's one of those things to where it's like, I think everybody's kind of going through the process themselves. Like, us on the show, we felt some extreme disappointment. One of the greatest um, pieces of feedback I got from our listening audience last week and that's everybody from people that I work with to people who I may never meet online who are in different countries where you know the tone of the show last week was a lot different and I know people like uh, the we the people radio podcast guys they completely unplugged they shut it down cell phones off telegraph off I've been looking for their show right, too. Shows off. Like- they, they, they actually I think recorded yesterday and they're going to be back um Tonight, I think their show might already be online. Spoiler alert. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, anyone who's listening, we are going to be doing a show with James and Ant this Saturday. It's going to be, I'm calling it a stay exclusive. I'm sure they're going to call it <laughs> something else. But if we're going to get together with those guys and we're just going to talk shit about all the stuff that's been going on, 
only the way that they can and we can this weekend. And we'll be putting, we'll be having a bonus episode this week. And it's something that's huge for our show. And, and we, in advance, thank them for uh, agreeing to come on. Awesome. But it's like people like that, they just kind of unplugged. And they said, you want to know what? I'm not going to answer fucking text messages. I'm not going to make a new show. I'm not going to go online. And they just took a week off. And for a lot of people who had either election uh, exhaustion or, you know, anxieties about stuff that have been going on for the last fucking five years, uh, a lot of people needed to unplug. Me personally, I needed to jump right back into it. Uh, we all kind of felt like we were just going to go full steam ahead. The, um, you know, the whole vibe of the show last week was probably a little bit of downer, but we had our moments. We laughed a couple times, and I, and I think our audience laughed with us, and it's just one of those things to where, like, everybody copes in a different way. Uh, like I said, the We The People guys, they unplugged. We went ahead and put out a show, and people like Alex Jones just go online and fucking talk shit and <laughs> go crazy and have an absolute meltdown and I love to, it. to each their own. You know, it, it's one of those things to where everybody's kind of figuring out the things of that nature. But at the end of the day is, once all that stuff goes away, we all need to come together to make sure something like this never happens again. And uh, we all know about the things that aren't going to happen. Voter ID is not going to happen. Uh, people being fair to us in Congress, running as, let's say, Republicans or Libertarians or being in the Freedom Caucus means absolutely fucking nothing. Because when you see a, a bill that gets proposed and moves to like the through the House and up to the Senate and it's got lobbyist money on it or it has CCP influence in it, some people, like Dan Crenshaw, we've called him out on this show a million times. Boo. Uh, I've never seen somebody more fucking bipolar than that guy. He supports Trump one day, Trump's a fucking criminal the next day. He it lives in a border state, but then jumps on every Nancy Pelosi-sponsored fucking open borders bill. And I just can't wrap it around that guy. Thank him for his service. Correct. I'm sure he's a fucking badass. He's terrible at his current fucking job. But Period. You're a traitor. Yeah, exactly. And uh, it's one of those things to where it's like, you don't even have to fucking side with Donald Trump, okay? You don't have to like anything he says, anything he does, the way he looks or conducts himself. If he's sponsoring stuff that's America first, why the fuck would you not want it? And that's back to my point earlier about not having solid male role models in the house. The way that a household thrives is having a solid mother figure and a solid dad figure. Right. People didn't vote for Trump because they were offended by everything. I haven't been offended by something in years. How I have the thickest... Dare you! You get offended by things? Yeah. Dude, like I, ever? I mean, the the, na the names that we get called God. within our profession and, and within, like, when people, like, when I post stuff on Facebook and people call me names, I, like, laugh. I'm like, you're not going to get to me. You do can't. You, do you laugh right before you body bag him? I, right before I, you do a lot of body bag. You certainly do. For, some, for someone who doesn't care, you definitely body bag. It's just a bait. Like I throw stuff out there when people comment. I'm like, don't do it. Like why? Why are you going down this road? Yeah. Just just so you guys know, I have transi transitioned from uh, posting pictures of Donald Trump hugging the American flag to and narrating it with "This is why they hate us" to a picture of Joe Biden. Uh, photoshopped onto the Emperor from Star Wars, <laughs> shooting the lightning out of his fingers with the caption, Unlimited Power. And then anytime somebody has any kind of buyer remorse, or I see lefties, liberals, commies kind of saying like, hey, I don't think he's listening to us. And I just write, this is Biden's America, period. And it's absolute fucking meltdown initiating. Oh, my gosh. So That's a solid move. Yeah, look at this, look at this picture right here. I, I threw it up on our story. <laughs> and it says, guess who set the record for most executive orders issued in this first week of president? Like I said, it's Biden's face photoshopped onto Emperor Palpatine from 
Star Wars and the caption is unlimited power. Did you see the the video of him signing executive orders and there was a hot mic moment where I couldn't quite make it out, but people are people are uh, saying that he literally goes, I don't really know what I'm signing. And Kamala Harris just goes, just sign it. Yeah, well, the thing is, those fucking uh, EOs were blank. <laughs> I mean, we could all see documented video evidence of Donald Trump signing EOs, and they were full of different kinds of writing. They had fucking logos on them with shiny gold paper. And Joe Biden was opening and closing fucking... It had, like, a line at the bottom for him to sign. Um, did, did you see the one where he, on Inauguration Day he's walking past the Marines? Salute the Marines. And you know oh, that... Oh, and he says, salute yeah. the Marines? Like, was he wearing an earwig? Like, people are dude, telling him what is, to do? Any so someone's telling him, Joe Biden, salute the Marines. And then he grabs his wife. Salute the Marines. What if his wife saluted the Marines? His wife actually put out her hand to shake one of the Marines' hands when they walked in, and he didn't fucking move. Yeah. No, I don't think they're supposed to. Right? supposed to. Well, yeah, I know so. they're not, but she, she made eye contact with him, and they showed it. They broke it down. They slowed it down. Her eyes and his eyes meet. You can see he kind of looks to the side. She puts out her fucking hand, like, right at his waist, and he just fucking stands at attention. It He's was glorious. Like, I think I, that's what you're supposed to do, though. I saw a tweet from uh, our friends over at BLM yesterday, and it basically has, like, a Joe Biden... Are they still mad because Biden's not uh, returning their phone calls? Well, the thing is, they, they talked <laughs> about it. Because he ghosted And it's like, day one, Joe Biden still hasn't reached out to us, and it's all the way down to whatever day this is, and then somebody, like, one of the first comments in was like, hey, I think Joe Biden played us. <laughs> Got him! Wait, that's a real comment? It's a real comment. I saw it today. Did you screenshot it? Yeah, I have it, but I have so many fucking memes on my phone, I can't find it. I saw one today. It was it was a tweet by somebody, and it was like, hey, people have voted for Biden. Y'all feel played yet? Yeah. And mm-hmm. then one person legitimately commented, he's like, yeah, we sure do. Thanks. Oh, the, the, <laughs> buyer's, <laughs> the buyer's remorse is real right now, and it's, it's one of those things that— It's real for people who expected legitimate change. It's not real yet for people who voted for him because Trump is mean. Yep. Because those people are— Figuring it, they're retweeting that Kobe Bryant died today last year, and they're buttered about that. Which Illuminati killing? <clears throat> yeah. I don't really. I didn't For lose sure. sleep over that. It was hmm. sad. His daughter was with him, but he never paid any of my bills, so I'm not going to lose sleep over that. But those are the same people that are still worried about Kanye West and Kim Kardashian. Those are the people that retweet and re Facebook posts, drive by headlines, made by E News and all that crap. So those people are not going to feel buyer's remorse because they probably voted. Just because LeBron James and Oprah told him to. Well, I mean, he's fucking up everything right now, so... He came in like a wrecking ball, Miley Cyrus style. Another Uh, meme I want to talk about before we segue to the next part. I got a good one. Uh, It's about buyer's remorse, and everybody knows it. It's the one, two, three, four, five, six panel meme of Vince McMahon. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so he's like curiously looking, and then eyes open, and then smiling, and then lean back in the chair like, ooh, boy, and then head back like, oh, my God, and then the last picture (laughs) is him him red and activated. So the first panel says 50,000 union workers lose their job day one. Uh, Abolishing women's sports, which we haven't touched on yet, uh, also. Giving 11 to 22 million illegal immigrants amnesty and encouraging 11 million more during a pandemic with 9% (laughs) unemployment rate to come here. The next panel is increased funding for abortions uh, of African-American babies while cutting funding to Mexico for abortions. Redeployment of troops to the Middle East. I don't know if you guys have heard, but we've re-rolled into northern Syria. For what? No reason whatsoever except to get American troops killed. And the last one was eliminating price controls on big pharma and right to try 
raising the insulin prices by 800%. That is red Vince McMahon face activated eyes and where we are currently at right now. The insulin thing is pretty solid because that's going to affect a Millions. shitload of people. So, you know, and it's, it's one of those things to where like... And that's going to be salty. Yeah, this is exactly why we need to stay laser focused and organized and keep the narrative of these things moving forward so we can all be together. Remember, the presidential election... And the inauguration was just a short time ago. However, primary season starts in months. And if you're ill-informed or you're only going to watch the people who have fucking commercials or have the most money to be on TV all the time, you're going to elect the same fucking assholes that fucked us all over this year in the goddamn presidential election. And that's never going to happen again. Correct. Perfect. Um, Right now we're going to... uh, Segue into our guest. I don't know if our listeners know, but we have a guest on the show today. Uh, Another yeah, one. we're gonna have uh, Kayla, the uh, Fit Patriot, who is a big sponsor of One A, Two A, traditional families, all the A's, yeah, and the MAGA movement. <laughs> so we're gonna get her uh, in studio now, and here she is, Kayla Michelle, the Fit Patriot. Welcome to the Steak for Breakfast podcast. Hello. Hello. Thank you so much for having me, you guys. No, thank you for coming on. Uh, We're trying to uh, bring as many people into this grassroots, conservative, traditional values movement as possible. And uh, after doing some extensive research, the boys and I have come to the conclusion that you're one of those people holding the line there with us. Amen. Thank you. Yep. So, the Fit Patriot... It's your online persona, and it's one that's been growing for some time right now. Going through your social media, your Instagram tells your story. Um, You can't just see it by looking at the pictures. There's a lot of levels to where you were to where you're at now. Um, Can you give everybody Mm -hmm. listening some insight into who Kayla Michelle is and the personal journey that's brought Mm -hmm. you to this point is all about? Sure. Um... How far back do you want me to go? Like, how many lifetimes do you want to go back? <laughs> well, well, I definitely know you did. You did some reinventing of yourself, and uh, yeah, you were kind of at some point. I don't want to call it controlled by the world, but you know, it's it, it's something that molds a lot of people. And uh, mm-hmm. why don't you tell us about some of the struggles you went through to get to the successful point you're at right now? Yeah, for sure. Like the pivot point, that epiphany you know, story. Um, I think we all go, we all go through that, right? We all go through different things in life journey, walking through our paths that, um, where you, where you sort of hit rock bottom or you sort of get to that point that is more uncomfortable to stay in than the fear of the unknown going forward into something different. Right. That's a good point. Um, so we all kind of have those pivot points or those breakthroughs or those moments in time that stand out to us as sort of the epiphany phase. And um, for me, the the first one that really hit me was uh, when I was a fashion model. Okay. Which I think is maybe what, maybe what you're referring to about me being uh, controlled by the world, so to speak, or kind of in this different it sure mentality. Is. It sure is. I did my homework. Okay. You did. Yeah, I'm impressed. So um, for me, I was always very, very active growing up. I had an incredible childhood, incredible family, loved them to pieces. Um, and but part of my my growing up was that I was very active in dance, okay. studying dis- different disciplines of dance, competitive mis- mixed martial arts, 
uh, horseback riding, all the things. Okay. I had amazing opportunities and that opened a lot of doors for me. One of which was, it gave me a lot of self-confidence. Um, I was not shy being on stage or being in front of people. Um, meantime at the, or at the same time, I should say I was also homeschooled. So I was very much, uh, intrinsically motivated and taught to think critically. Okay. Now that's all the short version of kind of what my foundation was going into being side, uh, signed with one of the top modeling agencies in the world, Ford Models, um, I think right about the time I turned 16. And so I ended up graduating high school really early okay. um, in order to free up time for me to pursue my career as a fashion model. And so that world, those opportunities that were opened up to me in that world, in that industry of fashion modeling, uh, specifically, I was really pushed by my agent for runway because I am six feet tall. Oh, wow. Um, Whoa. Yeah. (laughs) So six feet tall, that was like my realm, so to speak. And I was really good at it and I loved it and it was fun. You know, it kind of played into my whole uh, performance stage time growing up I was comfortable with it right yeah and I w- so I, w- I, w- I very very I wish ahead. I wish I was good at being six feet tall I'm a five nine on a good day guy. I know right <laughs> yeah that's all that's all genetics that's all my dad so thank you thank you dad but um just had amazing opportunities with that and amazing experiences with that but with those good things there's always the polarity of the light in the dark right so with those good things there was also a lot of challenges and I was part of that industry um, is very, very dark. And so I was introduced to a lot of things that my kind of sheltered, uh, grew up in the church, grew up homeschooled lifestyle um, gave me a really solid foundation to be able to see a very strong contrast between the darkness of that industry and the world versus um, the, the, the life that I lived previously. Tell us and about, so tell us about- in a lot of ways... Tell us about some of that bad stuff. For sure. So in a lot of ways, I was um, protected. I will say that my God and my angels definitely protected me through that. But there there was a lot. um, what What ended up being the pivot point for me was passing out on the subway on my way home after a runway show during Fashion Week in New York. That's big. And it's I was a bad living, place to do I that. I was living in Man- very bad place. I was living in Manhattan at the time. I had roommates, but um, you know, my family's in California, and that's yep. where I was from. So I was in New York on my own at seventeen, eighteen at this point. Um, and I passed out not because I was on drugs or drunk or partying or anything like that. Even though there was a lot of that in my lifestyle, I was not participating in that. Um, that's part of my character foundation the way I was raised protecting me Um, but I was not as wise when it came to taking care of myself and eating properly that's something that's very common in that industry it's incredibly common so I was full-blown anorexic I had a lot of issues mentally and emotionally around my body and that is encouraged in that industry I didn't have those issues before I was in that industry and it, be, it literally became a survival mechanism of if I want to be able to make money and succeed in this career and go where 
my agents are, go- are wanting me to go and, you know, make the right kind of acquaintances and networking opportunities with the right kinds of people, I need to be able to be this size. And it was never small enough. Yeah. It was never small enough. So at six feet tall, my breaking point, my pivot point was, was that it was like 115 pounds Oof. and six feet tall, passing out on the subway, waking up in Harlem alone, huh. uh, way above where my apartment was. Wow. So that was, that was scary. And that kind of woke me up a little bit from whatever stupor I was in, um, at the moment thinking that I was thinking that I was fine, you know, cause it wasn't, it wasn't fine. I wasn't being good to myself. And then I had a friend who I had modeled with a lot and actually met through modeling, um, who was like a brother to me at the time. He came out to New York and visited me. He saw me and called my mom and said, she's not okay. Nice. I'm sending her home. Basically saved your life. So he put, yeah, he did. He put me on a plane, sent me home. Mom took me to the doctor and the doctor basically, you know, did the whole physical and then told me, listen, I know that you're 18 and you're probably not thinking along these lines, but I feel like I need to be honest with you and kind of put things in perspective. If you keep doing this, you will be successful in that industry and you will never have children. Wow. And at the time, you know, I was young and I was like, well, I don't know if, if, I don't know if, being a mom is in the cards for me, but that wasn't something that I was willing to give up the chance of at the time. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Like I wasn't willing to make that sacrifice at 18. Right. Um, so I decided to retire. I, I never went back to New York. Um, I had all my stuff shipped back home and sent my agency um, a letter and they weren't happy with me, but you know, God, <laughs> God protected me in that thing too because I had to break contract with them which was unfortunate but it was for health reasons and um, that started the the ending of that career in the fashion industry was the beginning of my career in empowering women to have more control and more awareness in harnessing their femininity in their fitness journeys and taking good care of themselves because our society and our culture is very, very similar to that fashion industry. The fashion industry is a mirror reflection of what's going on in our culture yeah, absolutely. for women. That, that's a really good analogy right there. And, and it's like one of the big fundamental um, aspects of this show. Um, I don't know if you know. Well, obviously you don't because I've never said it. I was doing some research today about our, our social media interactions. And on our site, on Instagram, over 60% of our interactors are female. Which, if you know anything about our show, uh, you know, supporters of the Constitution, small government, 1A, 2A, traditional family values. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, Mm -hmm. The women's movement in restoring having pride in this country and women being immensely involved is kind of behind the scenes. It's being repressed, but it's, it's exploding. Mm-hmm. And, and I think it, it, it's a lot of those strong personalities who are going to help. I would, I don't want to say guide, but kind of lead the women who are just coming out of their skin and being like, man, I don't have to be super woke or I don't have to conform to the way society wants me to be in this day and age. I want to harness the family values. And like you said, you came from a good, strong opportunistic family you had a really good upbringing you were Mm -hmm. strong in the church 
And when you mm-hmm. took a long, hard look in the mirror, maybe physically, but absolutely figuratively, you said, regardless of where I'm at right now and how much success I'm having, this is not who I am as a person. And you went back and you embraced right. those values that you grew up on. 100%. Yeah. Yeah, that's... Exactly. It's so it's so valuable. And I think that um, I, as much as I am, you know, online and even with what I'm sure we're going to talk about moving forward in this, in this discussion, mm-hmm. as much as I am a women's advocate, I am just as much a healthy masculine advocate because there's a huge crisis in our Mega culture crisis. of yeah this this toxic masculinity crap from the feminist movement um it, it plays into my whole philosophy so you know but that being said we hear a lot about when we talk about the constitution and the beginning of our country and where we're moving going forward we we hear a lot and we talk a lot about our founding fathers yep. right and that's amazing and that's beautiful and I'm not taking anything away from them but can we also be conscious of the fact that those men had founding had women next to them and behind them that were our founding mothers mm-hmm. this this country the, and all that stuff would have never happened if those guys didn't have somebody strong to go home to every night correct right yeah beautiful beautiful way to put that and and the the generations that followed obviously you know these these women, these founding mothers are the wombs that carried us to where we are now. Perfect. And that lineage is, is something that should be celebrated and, and not, um, not twisted into what we see today for the sake of some, um, misguided liberation exactly. you know, idea of what liberation is. Yeah, we, we've, so. t- we've talked on the show recently things um, starting with like the 1619 Project and critical race theory all the way through the cancel culture and then, you know, things of that nature. And it's just one of those things right now. It's like if somebody says it and they have a platform to promote it, it becomes truth even when we all know it's not. And if you disagree mm-hmm. with it, you're either canceled or a racist or whateverist that they're saying you're against. And uh, it's just really hard to hold the line. That's one of the big things right now is, uh, you know, we talked about on our show last week uh, in regards to like the mainstream media and people that, you know, a lot of listeners admire. There's like the Tucker Carlson's and like, you know, people of that nature who are strong in like the social media and and regular media categories where people latch onto them. But I, I tried to explain to our audience at the end of the day, there are people running those corporations and bosses, executive producers, CEOs and owners over them who said, listen, everybody knows you're like, rallying the troops or igniting the base or this, that, and the other thing, but here's the fucking line. Do not cross it. Mm-hmm. If you cross it, you're done. Mm-hmm. And then if you're done, you're exactly. labeled like one of those people, they throw you into the Alex Jones, the Laura Loomers, like the categories yeah. of that nature to where you're absolutely just a lunatic regardless of what you say. You're out of permanent. Well, and they're throwing everybody yeah. into these labels of, you know, being a denier, being a blatant racist. And conspiracy theorist. Conspiracy theorist. And they're using uh-huh. those as a reason to cancel and silence you. And it's just an all-encompassing blanket just used yeah. to promote their, their ideals. Yep. 100%. Well, and I think it's very it's very revealing that that's how they're responding to what they disagree with. Yeah. What are they so afraid of? Mm-hmm. Um, there's, you know, I when someone disagrees with me, like, I'm such a First Amendment advocate that I defend your right to believe whatever you want to believe and talk about it, whether I agree with you or not. Yeah. 
because that is that is your right. You're, we have a right to disagree respectfully, but we have whole generations now of kids who have been raised um, without fathers and and or without mothers yep. who don't have the emotional um, we don't have the emotional intelligence to be able to do that. They don't have the so they've been capacity. raised by, yeah, they've been raised by culture, and culture has rewarded the loudest, most narcissistic, most um, self-centered people in their eyes. Yeah. So these kids have grown up watching um, very unhealthy patterns of relating to one another on reality TV and everything else, right? Exactly. Social media. Um, and it's toxic. That's what's toxic. The lack of masculinity, of healthy masculinity and healthy femininity in this culture is what is toxic. Yeah. Well, just look and at the uh, people that are representing that. the Democratic yeah. Party right now, like Cardi B. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Lady Thank Gaga. Uh, Katy yeah. Perry. You know, they're, they're pseudo-Satanists with some of the stuff they do. And whether mm-hmm. it's just to shove it in the public's face and fuel the fire of all the conspiracy theorists or if that's the way they really are, it's disgusting. Yeah. It really is. And we're talking before you came on um, about how traditional family values and a lack thereof in the household has equaled the decline in, I personally think, in intellectual thought process. You have people that literally didn't vote for Trump and wanted to vote for Biden because they were offended. Yeah. And because they grew up in households mm-hmm. without strong parental values where... Um, you know, we're in California. Just critical thinking, just thinking yeah. for yourself. We're in California, so most households here, the mom and dad both have to work. Yep. So that would say, yep. in my household growing up, that was the most non-traditional part of my upbringing. But my dad was the disciplinarian. My mom was a nurturer. Mm-hmm. My dad worked mm-hmm. a lot. My mom worked a lot as well. But in my house, it was very clear who was in charge. Um, but my mom was not very far off of being in charge. She was a very strong, independent woman outside of my dad, but she was also the best co-parent in a sense that our household ran like a machine. Well, that's what what you talked about earlier about about some of the founding father spouses. It was like there was a clearly defined role for each parent to play, but there was also a ridiculously strong and intimate partnership between the two, which made it work. And I think a decline in that has is where we're at today because you have people mm-hmm. preaching um, you don't need a man in your life. You don't need this. You can do it yourself, which, you know, some people can, but at the end of the day you have boys growing up in households that don't know their father or they have a father who works some job, you know, doesn't know how to change the oil in his car, doesn't know how to rewire something. And those are little things, but in the big picture, it's the manhood pride of being a man and being the, caretaker of the house and and creating an atmosphere where men boys need to grow up to be strong men and girls need to be grow up and become strong women mm-hmm. and to encourage mm-hmm. that and to um encourage that at the biggest degree so that we have people when they go to college they have strong values i went to a very liberal college but by the time i was 17 when i went to school by the time i got there i was so confident in the way that i grew up that all the liberal propaganda that was thrown at me, it just, it fell right off. It didn't stick because of the upbringing yeah, you I had. had your armor on. Exactly. And, yeah. and Good we're in this position, I think, as a country because there is no 
traditional family values. And when you uphold that and you say, hey, I don't want my daughter going to school where boys can just walk in the bathroom because they identify as a girl for the next five minutes and they can mm -hmm. use that restroom. I'm not okay with that. That now mm -hmm. is being deemed as whatever phobia you want to put onto it. And then people are offended easily. And it's this whole snowball effect. And a lot of it stems to not having a strong father figure and not having a strong mother figure that coincide in a household and run a family the way that it's designed, the way that it's traditionally meant to be. And I think, you know, to your story, it's, it equates that as well as your upbringing determined your ability to get out of that industry because you had a level head on your shoulders, because you had support around you from a father figure and from a mother figure that were involved. I mean, my dad, I'm 28 years old. Mm -hmm. He's still involved in my life. Right. Because he's a role model totally. and he checks in on me and he keeps me accountable. If I'm, um, you know, he'll call me every day. We always talk and he goes, what are you doing? Oh, you know, today I needed a break. I'm just laying around. There's and no he breaks. goes, he goes, get up. Yep. He goes, go do something around the yard. Find, find work, do something. Mm -hmm. And that's his motto. And, and seeing him, you know, he, from this day to the day I was born, he's worked from 4 a.m. till whenever he needs to. And I've never heard him say, right. I'm tired. I don't want to go to work tomorrow. Mm -hmm. I've never seen him take a sick day. Right. So when I'm like laying around, I'm like, man, you know what? My dad's getting after it right now. And he's in his mid fifties. Mm -hmm. He's still doing his thing. That is lost amongst this culture of new people. And everyone wants to be a YouTube star and everyone doesn't want to find a, a job that's going to pay. And that hustle, you know, the American dream is, is it's not alive anymore. And a lot of people, people want freebies. They want free handouts and it's because of the environment they grew up in and having father figures that either weren't there or that were, you know, we said earlier, beta males that yep. come home right. and they watch, you know, reality TV and they don't want to interact with their kids and they won't stand up for what they believe in. And that's part of, that's a big issue of where we're at as a country is people didn't grow up in a household that had these reinforcing values and now everybody's offended by everything. Yeah. And what we end up having as a result of men who have lost their way and laid down their sword, so to speak, is we have women who have been encouraged by the same culture that has discouraged masculinity. We have women who are being encouraged to take up that cross and do it themselves. And that's just not the way you don't, God, you don't God intended it. You don't need the man. No. Yeah, that's not the it's way the world not works. not the way God intended it. So. No. So we have a whole, we have generations of women now who have been told this feminist lie um, and they're miserable. They're unhappy. They've got adrenal glands and, and hormones that are broken yep. and they don't understand why they're not happy. They don't understand why, you know, maybe if they have gotten really successful in the corporate world or business, they've created their own dream life. They're not happy because they don't have what intrinsically God put in them to satisfy their hearts on a soul level. Yeah. It's soul sucking to be out there out of alignment with the calling that God placed on you in your womb as a woman. And I'm not saying you have to have kids. I'm saying there's a spiritual aspect to this. There's an energetic component to this that's being missed in the 3D focus of getting everybody dumbed down on video games, reality TV shows, and drugs and alcohol and terrible food. Yeah. Well, right? Like everybody's dumbed down. When you bend so, the forks on your on your internal spiritual and energetic compasses to a point to yeah. where like you're lost, it's really hard to kind of find back, you know, where you were coming from with that. 
Yeah, absolutely. Because so many of them have never had, they were born into a situation where those tuning forks were skewed yeah. in the wrong direction. So they don't have any experience like, like you or I have off of a childhood where that there's so much subconsciously going on for children during childhood that we were blessed to experience because we were raised more traditionally. Right. And there's, there, nobody's perfect. Like nobody's family's perfect. Nobody's parents get everything right. So there's always going to be things that you go through healing and learning from in the rest of your life that hopefully you don't pass down to the next generation. Exactly. But there's so much that we as, as adults pass down to our children and leave legacies of that we aren't conscious of because we live in a society and a culture that wants you to stay unconscious. Mm-hmm. They do everything that they can to keep you unconscious and distracted and divided from your soul purpose. Heard the sheep. That God gave you. Yep. Yeah, the sheep, exactly. So exactly. what is fituation? Very, very well-timed segue, sir. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> um, yeah, situation is my concept that fitness should be intuitive. Okay. It should be spirit-led. Um, it should be soul-aligned. Um, it's a lifestyle. It shouldn't run your life. So we see so often in the fitness industry, just like, you know, the fitness industry has so many mirrored aspects to the fashion industry that I experienced that it's been very interesting for me. I've been now in the fitness and dieting industry for 11 years okay. as a coach. Um, so for me, I've seen so many different aspects of where people get into just wanting to be healthier and do the right thing. They come from really good intentions, but then it takes over right. and suddenly it becomes they're living to eat instead of living instead of eating to live and they're obsessive compulsive about their calorie counting or their carb cycling or their workouts or their cardio. And it just becomes another monster that they're trying to control, but it ends up controlling them. Mm. And so that is having your priorities out of whack, just like in other areas of life where we can get our priorities out of whack. Um, so yeah, it's just, it's the concept that your fitness, should be intuitively led, uh, especially as a woman, because women are not small men. We, you guys have a 24 hour hormonal cycle that rinses and repeats. Women have a 28 ish. It's a little bit different, maybe 30, maybe 34 day ish hormonal cycle that rinses and repeats. I like that. It aligns with the moon. I like that definitive line that you've drawn right there. That is actually a perfect, uh, example of it. It's, it's a super definitive line, and I'm sorry, but there are only two genders. You, you know, I can oh, decide. Hold on, hold on. You're gonna, you're gonna get us <laughs> I'm going to get us banned. Uh, you know, I, I can wake up tomorrow and believe that I'm a unicorn. That doesn't believe that I'm a unicorn, oh, or Nick, that doesn't make it Nick true. loves making the unicorn you know? reference. Yeah, That's Nick's talked favorite. about the kid <laughs> wanting to go in the unicorn bathroom. <laughs> well, I just like the I just yeah, like the little exactly. yard signs that we believe in science, and then you kind of just want to write up there with a the magic marker, then how many genders are there? <laughs> You're a wizard, Harry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, you know, there's, there's if, if we really want to we got to draw the line somewhere, and that's, that's where I draw it. And are there outliers yeah, there's outliers. I've talked to people who scientifically, he's a man, 
but he's lacking certain things in his chromosomes that we don't need to go into. Right. Right. Like his hormones, his hormones are all jacked up. And so that makes other certain things happen. But it doesn't change the fact that you have a penis and she has a vagina. Sure does. And there are ovaries involved and there are balls involved. There's a total, it's a totally different, like, no, we're not different species. Men and women are both human. Right. And we're equal, but we're different. And those differences should be, A, celebrated, and they should also be respected and treated appropriately. So expecting women in the fitness industry or, the, or in the dieting culture to do fitness and do transformation protocols like a man is unacceptable to me. It's mm. unacceptable to hold them to the same standard in order to say that it's fair because we have we live under this cloud of equality as a concept. Right. Um, it doesn't make any sense to me. You, you don't you don't look at a tree and tell the monkey and the elephant to climb to the top they have the same exact test but these are two completely different creatures that maybe the elephant can reach the top but he's going to reach it by raising his trunk whereas the monkey's going to reach it by climbing there's a different journey for each one is my point right yeah so we have to we have to respect that between the two sexes and celebrate that and that is the beauty of it is that it's so complementary but when you treat it as a competition you know, pitting men and women against each other instead of saying, well, we can learn from each other and we can complement each other to get to our goals. That's where, that's where the loss in translation happens for me. Yeah. So I'm super passionate about enabling both genders to be the best that they can be. Um, but that doesn't look the same. The process of getting there doesn't look the same for each one of them. The vast majority of research in the fitness and dieting industry is done on men and then just translated as if it's going to apply straight across the aisle to women. Right. Um, they don't do the same tests on women because women have hormones that complicate things. Um, and it's just sad, but it's, but it is true. It does make it maybe a little bit more complicated to run the kind of tests that they're running. But at the same time, that that's, that's also not equality. They're just going to blanket statement that what works for a man should also work for a woman because we have the same amount of bones in our body. Mm-hmm. That's not, that's not fair. So you really want to talk about equality, treat us the way that we should be treated. Exactly. Equal, you know, empower e- us, empower us with the knowledge that we should be empowered with. Treat you equally and empower you to the point, to the best of your ability as your designation to what you are, not what you think you are. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Men and women, I mean, I just see the society we live in has trained us to silence our intuition. Yeah. We are, I believe, we are spiritual beings having a physical experience. Like we are souls who have bodies. These bodies are the temples that we get to be stewards of in this lifetime, in this physical reality that we live in today. Right. Um, we only get one. Yeah. You only, you only get one body. It's not like a car where, you know, so many of us would take better care of our cars and phones that are replaceable than we do our own bodies. That's a completely we only get one. valid point. You know, we, we charge our phones every night, but we don't know how to slow down 
plug into source and charge ourselves. Yeah. Um, and it's just, that's what my, that's what Fituition kind of stands for. That's what my Flexor Feminine Framework is, is it helps women rediscover their womb wisdom, tune into that. So many don't even understand what that means. Right. Um, to trust in their own health, their own bodies, to celebrate the magic that is their bodies instead of just muting their mm-hmm. menstrual cycles with hormones. Um, birth control is just another mass population agenda. We yeah. can go down that rabbit hole another time. Um, but Whoa. it's just part of rec- reclaiming their birthright as co-creative queens that God has God has written in them. It's in your it's in your DNA. It is in our DNA as women to co-create with him in this lifetime, in this 3D reality. And then for men who I work with, because, yeah, my passion project is women, but it's hilarious how many men are attracted to the work that I do um, because it resonates for them on some sort of level. You know, they see the feminine archetype and they're attracted to that. And that tells us a lot that that polarity is the way that we were created. It's natural that they're attracted to that, you know? And so for them, I work with them and really helping them heal wounds that they've received from the generations of toxic feminist culture and indoctrination that has really just castrated and emasculated them and so that they can reconnect with, with their divine masculinity, with their balls, with their testosterone, you know, get those levels up, celebrate it. Um, don't fear your aggressive tendencies or your desire to work or your desire to protect. Um, and just to love, live, and lead unapologetically as the kingdom builders that you were created to be. Yeah, that's a huge thing is people don't think it's okay to be a protector anymore. And that's a huge thing for myself personally. It's just tragic. It's, that's your position. That's what you're supposed to do. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. How do... Uh... 100%. How do you as a person navigating through these difficult, difficult times, even to the point to where you saw this year, the House of Representatives passed an initiative to where traditional pronouns like mother, father, son, daughter, et cetera, are now banned. Um, in your home, how do you help your family navigate through these times? And what are the things, I mean, you've already explained like bringing people back to the compass and using the energies and, and reinvigorating the spirit of what men and women were both created mm-hmm. to do who they are and that it's okay to do it. Uh, what are some of the things personally though you do in your home to hold up some of these values? Cause I mean, there's a lot of, especially someone who's you've turned yourself into basically a human lightning rod. I mean, you know it. And what, what are the <laughs> things attacks are probably going to be coming more frequently for you than others. Um, mm-hmm. and, and what are some of the things you do to make sure that these values are, are carried out in your home? Or are you looking for like practical actions I take or are you looking for kind of like philosophy that I believe? Let's go philosophies. Both. Okay. Yeah. Maybe a little both. Or, okay. Cause they, I mean, yeah, the philosophies translate into actions. Um, but I, I just, I believe in living out loud, so I can't really not have one if that's the other, but exactly. So yeah, I mean, these are, For so many people, these are really confusing times. You know, I feel like 2020 um, definitely brought a whole new level of vision to so many people um, and woke up a lot of people to the toxicity that's swirling around us and 
um, the hypocrisy yes. that is around us in culture. That is huge. And so for that, yeah, for that, I am very, actually very grateful. Um, and I would say that philosoph- uh, philosophically, gratitude is one of the big things that I bring in to the way that I live my life, even in action. So like I will, in the mornings, I will write out at least three things that I wake up grateful for. And that's just, that's just laying my blessings before the Lord and thanking him for even the smallest things that he has given me. Uh, whether it's, you know, I'm human. There's days that are way, way harder to do this than other days. Right. But if you can, even in those super hard days when you're super stressed out and it feels like chicken little, the sky is falling around you. When you can find something small, like the fact that there's a roof over your head, there's food in your fridge, there's toothpaste in your cupboard and there's blankets on your bed. You know, you're not, you're not living out on the street. Then that's where you start. It can be as small as that. If there's 88 cents in your bank account, that's been 88 there. reasons for you to be grateful. Yeah. I think we've all been totally. there. Totally. So lately, have I. But... So have I. And so, you know, that's the first place I start is just, I go back to gratitude. Um, and that, like I said, it's not always easy, but it's incredibly, um, it's incredibly powerful. And that's something that I've heard a lot from really successful people in my life um, and successful people in our world, especially entrepreneurs that I follow and, and really identify with or resonate with, um, that they have a gratitude practice. And so that extends, it's a ripple effect from there. You know, you can be grateful for something as simple as, the one you love beside you when you wake up in the morning or the blankets on your bed, keeping you warm. Um, but then that, that ripple effect extends into every area of your life from there. And when you start your day on your knees in front of the provider and protector of those things that you're grateful for, it puts everything else in perspective for me. Oh yeah. And so, and what that also does for my, femininity in the way that I live my life is that it also reminds me of it reminds me of that position of femininity. It puts me in a more vulnerable place, which is not a place of weakness, but gratitude is a very vulnerable a very vulnerable place to be in um, when you're kind of taking stock of things in your life to recognize something that you're grateful for. Um, it's a reality check a lot of times. And so for me, it's reminding me of who my protector is, who my provider is in this life. Um, And of course, you know, my man is all of that and more for me in the physical 3D, but our God is above that. Okay. So when I, when I, when I bring my day to my Lord first, everything else falls into place from there. It's kind of hard. I am more able I'm more able to submit and be tender and vulnerable and supportive and strong for my man when I put myself in the proper position. Yeah, well, I mean, when you're talking about in regards to the creator of all things, if you're giving yourself up to him on, like you said, a daily basis, it's kind of hard to be defeated when he's going to be right there to have your back. So... 
So that's kind of the philosophy I carry in. And then, and then it's just a practice of self-awareness really from there, because then everything else that you do in action, um, flows from that source, right? You're plugged into source. And so it makes everything else a lot more natural, a lot more intuitive. Um, and it becomes second nature the more that you practice it like anything else that becomes a habit. But for me, like self-awareness is a constant thing. It's a constant checking in. It's a constant, what am I, what am I feeling right now? Like, does this make sense with my, with my beliefs, with what I know to be true? And it's amazing how many times I look back on my life where I can say, if I would have trusted my gut, what spirit was telling me, if I would have trusted it, I would have, saved myself that heart that heartache or that or that um unfortunate outcome or that discomfort you know what i mean yeah no i understand thinking with your head and thinking thinking with like your energy or your soul or or like you said your gut are are two totally different Mm -hmm. things and when you think you know all the answers that's usually when god will pump the brakes and be like hey wait a minute you're getting a little ahead of yourself and my plan for you so 100 yeah let's let's and the head is very the head is very masculine energy, um, and there's nothing wrong with that at all. God gave you a brain for a reason, um, but the heart is also very feminine. Yeah. The womb, the intuition, you know, where women's intuition comes from is our wombs. Where men's intuition comes from is your balls. Yeah. So yeah. When, those, when those things are um, made to feel toxic and there's some sort of energetic disconnect there from that, there's, you know, you got to look at, okay, well, what's the motivating factor for our culture disconnecting us from those things? Right. What is the motivating factor for our culture putting so much toxicity into uh, keeping boys from being boys and muting the women's wombs? Right. There's a reason for that. That's where your power comes from. That's where your connection to source, to God, to life force energy comes from. It's literally where your co-creative power lays. That's how you make a baby and create life. There's a reason for that. It's a 3D manifestation of your spiritual power. Mm. So reconnecting to that on a physical level will manifest spiritually for you in your intuition. And the rest of your life will look completely different and feel completely different from that. That is extremely powerful. You have me thinking about stuff in my brain right now. Just listening to you, I can't imagine when I go back and listen to this a couple times, which I usually do. I like to QC all our shows and and make sure, you know, we could build on things that, you know, you just, I'm pretty sure everybody here is kind of looking like they're deep in thought and and hanging on your words. And that's, that's, you know, things that we try to bring to our listeners and, and and make them. I love that. Yeah. It's not just turning on the TV and looking at the, the daily mainstream media politics. There's so much more that in regards to having a a strong America first and traditional family values movement that need to be solidified that are going to make all those pieces eventually come together. Yeah, exactly. So for me, what, what that ends up translating to like all that, I know that was like really up in the clouds, philosophical stuff, Mm -hmm. but like, taking all of that and kind of trying to bring it down into the practical action steps, what it looks like on a day-to-day basis. Um, for me, it's, and this is different for every relationship, for you know every family, because we all live kind of different lives right. and lead different purposes inside and outside of the home. I don't have children yet, so for me, it's going to look different than maybe for a mom, right? 
but but it still comes down to practically how do you, how do you live out loud your ministry from your womb as a woman and for a man what does that look like for you going out into the world right so my role right now in my relationship is our home is my king's palace he is my king there's no question and for anyone in my life who he is to me and how i treat him and everyone in his life knows who i am to him okay so there's massive massive respect there for our relationship if you've studied my social media you know that our relationship is not all over social media there's a reason for that sure there's no reason for it to be on my social media or his social media um everyone who matters to us knows about our relationship and everyone else doesn't matter it's that we we have that much energy wrapped up into protecting our relationship because what's most important to you should be protected that's a really and good way of looking at it. he taught me that, actually. Yeah, that's a really good he way of looking at it. He taught me that, actually. So, you know, before that, I I, I um, have been in other situations and relationships that were not protected that way. And so him and his masculine energy and his essence has come into my life and been that incredible protector, incredible provider, incredible straight and narrow um, leader, which has made it so enjoyable for me to relax into my feminine role and really fulfill the calling on my life to minister to him as his helpmate, as that strong woman in, you know, that he gets to come home to and fill his cup with. Right. So our home is a huge place of pride for me and making sure that it's, you know, it runs like a machine um, and that there's as little as possible that he has to worry about when he comes home. Um, there's no honey-do list for me when he comes home. He knows if something breaks, he's going to fix it. That's his role. But but it's not like I have projects for him to put his energy into outside of what he wants to do in his garage with his car or whatever. You know what I mean? Um, cooking is a huge area where everything we eat is homemade. And that's a love language that my mom had and she instilled into me and my sister. And so that's how we love on our men. Um, it's also a way that we keep each other healthy, you know? And so those are, and cooking too is one of those things that's been lost. It's a lost art in our culture because we have so much fast food and prep stuff going on and, and time is scarce, right? Yeah, people don't but feel like they have time worth, to do any of that. Exactly. It's worth it. Like what's, what's important to you will be prioritized to you. Right. And or for you. And so when you commit to this is more financially um, responsible to do this, I'm capable of doing this. And it's a way that I can take care of him myself and, and show my respect for him and the money that he brings in by not wasting it on food that isn't serving our highest good. Um, it's huge. And it's such a nice creative outlet that so many women overlook too, because even if you don't, know a lot of recipes right now once you start getting into it you'll find things that make it really fun for you as a creative energy outlet for for these for women to really uh encourage their femininity with yeah so, that makes a lot of those sense are a few ways i do i come from a long line of uh distinguished italian women 
And one of the things huh? that, yeah, that they've passed along to me is the uh, ability to perform chef duties in the in the kitchen. And I, I think it's my beautiful. wife and I, we have a nice healthy balance. Like there are some things that I grew up on that, you know, I've shown my wife and will eventually teach my daughter that have strong aspects that really made up my, my family in regards to like the cooking and the, the way that, you know, Italians celebrate that both men and women but i think my wife brings that healthy balance of all the things that she knows how to do and and not only just in cooking and like you know sharing the kitchen and 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 celebrating in each yeah. other the fact that we both you know bring those aspects to the table i i like some of those points that you pointed out right there in regards to maintaining like that that balance of home and and, and the energy that goes into it yeah it is a balance and it's something um like what, what you're expressing, where you kind of, you share, you know, it's, it's a team. It's not some dictatorship. It's a team. Right. And something that my my grandpa taught me, who, he was a career Navy officer. Okay. So very, very disciplined, right? Um, but he was also passionate about ballroom dance. Oh, wow. And so he taught, and he actually, it's funny, it's a cute story. Um, he learned very quickly, uh, being in the Navy and traveling all over the world, there was one universal language in every port across all of this world that he could go onto a dance floor with any woman who didn't speak the same language as him, and they could have a great time, no matter where he was. Yeah. If he knew how to dance, he could go anywhere in the world and not feel like he was out of his element. And so he brought that back, and and so it was a, it was a really special relationship in my life when he was alive, because he taught me and my sister how to ballroom dance and took us out dancing all the time. That's but one awesome. of the life lessons from that for me was that a relationship between a man and a woman, God-centered, should be a dance. It's not a dictatorship. So many times, and even in traditional homes, we get this backwards in the church, or we get this in the church where, you know, the focus is on the submission of the woman to the man, when in reality, that passage in scripture is about submission to each other under the Lord. Yeah, that ultimate partnership we talked about earlier. Yeah, that open partnership. And so Bapa, my grandpa, was very passionate. This is like one of his life lessons that he left us with was that relationship is like a dance. The man is the leader. He's the frame of the picture, which is the woman. She's the dance. Oh, wow. That's and a good it analogy. was just, it's just so cute, like just so beautiful. And so that's really stuck with me. And that's been um, kind of the energy that I bring in. And maybe being a dancer, it resonates with me a little bit more profoundly. But it just has led, it has really um, stayed with me throughout my life in these years and just. I'm reminded of that here and there when I find myself in that little dance with my partner. And it's just so beautiful to have the self-awareness practice within myself to be able to appreciate it when I see that between us. So we're celebrating each other, you know? Yeah. No, that's a very good point you made there. And uh, you painted that narrative very beautifully. Oh, good. So I know in some context, the show knows you supported the last administration that was in the White House. Um, whether or not it was the president himself, more some of the policies that he tried to reinstill back in the nation, I, I did 
I did happen to see over the course of my research a MAGA hashtag here or there, which, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, you're kind of re- reinventing but bringing back traditional family values, I think, the same way that Donald Trump was trying to over the course of the last four years. Um, mm-hmm. We all know what happened. We all have our own opinions on it and, and to each their own. Mm-hmm. Um, moving forward, how do you see real conservatives getting back to the forefront and, and being the leaders of this nation. And we're not talking about the mainstream establishment, DC swamp monster, uniparty politicians who only worry about themselves and lining their pockets. We're talking about some of these grassrootsers coming out like, you know, Bobert carrying on Capitol Hill. Um, right. You know, like Marjorie green and the thing that, that she's talking about, you have people like Ted Cruz, Rand Paul, uh, Matt Gates. Um, Jim Jordan, people of those natures who really go out and are very passionate about not only wanting to, and it's not make America great again, it's just make America really good and to kind of bring awareness to the people like, do you not see the cliff we are driving this country over? How do you see Mm -hmm. America first conservatives, supporters of the First and Second Amendment, supporter of traditional family values, um, do you think we have a chance to motivate the grassroots enough to make a difference moving forward now that we've completely been backed into a corner with between the election results, cancel culture, woke politics, indoctrination of children in schools, destruction of the traditional family and the church. What, what are, what, what is your, um, kind of like your, uh, what you would say happens in the next couple of years? Do you think we're moving towards a grassroots revival or do you think we're, we're, we're down for the count right now? I think. Or re-education camps. <laughs> yeah. Are we I'm going gonna, gonna, gonna to rephrase that. I'm going to rephrase that. Are we going to live in the gulags um, and, and work the soy fields? <laughs> no. I don't even like soy. No. Nobody likes soy. Nobody likes soy. Boys, stay away from soy, please. The testosterone will thank me. Um, I feel incredibly strongly that Uh, how do I put it? But, okay, so when you're backed into a corner, do you curl up into a ball and just take the hits, or do you fight harder? Fight harder. Yeah. You fight harder. I've never seen a fighter backed into a corner who just gives up. They don't always win after they're backed into a corner. Sometimes they get knocked out, but they don't get knocked out not trying. So I, I feel like we are we are really looking at a giant that has been sleeping and quite comfortable for a really long time who has awakened. Yeah. Yeah, people are very conscious of the need and the urgency of the enemy that we face. Yeah, people don't seem to realize um, how many people are they're silent. They're they maybe yeah. maybe they're not vocal about all the stuff that they believe. But now they're starting to realize that if they don't speak up, they're going to be lost. And that's the thing is, um, you know, the squeaky wheel gets the grease. Mm-hmm. All these all these platitudes uh, they come from somewhere for a reason. So the news, the media, the the entertainment industry, the fashion industry, Hollywood. Um, this is all the squeaky wheel. And they think they want 
to act like they're somehow the majority, but they're not because the majority of Americans are too busy working, raising family, living, enjoying life. Mm -hmm. They want to be left alone. Yeah. And unfortunately for the, I hate to say, I hate to use the terminology enemy because I really don't want to contribute to division, but unfortunate for the people who want to cancel us now that we are speaking up a little bit louder. Right, the opposing team. They're not going to be able to. Yeah, they're not going to be able to. Um, this isn't, this is not a fight that they're going to win. Because if you look at history, which they refuse to do because they want to rewrite it of and tear down yep. everything that represents our history, you have to learn from history or you're doomed to repeat it. Exactly. And all throughout history, we have seen this happen over and over and over again. Humanity is cyclical, just like women are. We are cyclical, seasonal beings yep. on this planet. Okay, Mother Earth has four seasons. There's nothing new under the sun. Politics is the same. The pendulum swings from right to left and back and forth. We've, this pendulum has been swung so far left, it's not going to stay there. It can't. And when We've it swings this back. We've through history over and over again. Yeah, when, it's, where when it swings back. Where you try to stifle truth. Yeah. When it swings back, it swings back hard. Just like the guy in the corner who comes out swinging harder because he's been backed into a corner. Yep. And so, they wouldn't be silencing everybody as much if they weren't worried about it like they wouldn't be going through yeah. all this effort to silence everybody with an imposing exactly. view exactly that's the pattern we've seen throughout history is that the weakest argument has to silence its opposition because they can't argue yep it doesn't make sense it doesn't stand up to the light of truth the light of truth exposes what the darkness is hiding exactly. and just like vampires they can't handle the light so they scurry around and they try to shut the light out and they try to cancel us and they try to take our guns and yada 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 when in reality you can never get rid of truth truth always comes out victorious yep. so i am confident that truth is always on the right side of history that love and i'm not talking about woke love i'm talking about real powerful, traditional, God-honoring love, agape love, sacrificial love, um, always comes out victorious. Yeah. Love yeah. conquers the grave. Darkness to light, God wins. Yeah. There you go. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, and I, and I noticed, too, that strong men, going back to our founding fathers and founding mothers, right? Strong men and women make history mm. Very and true. It's, it's, it's the weakest ones that try to undercut that they try to ride the wave of the success that the strong have started the strong have built and the weak get the weak ones get to reap the benefits of yeah that's that's a really not not everybody fought in the civil war you know like not everybody fought in the civil war um but here we are experiencing the benefits of freedom from it. You know, not everybody fought for our independence originally to found this country, but here we are experiencing the benefits of it because of the sacrifices of a few 
the many get to live. Yep. And I just often see that no matter who you are in hard times that are full of resistance and full of challenges, that's what creates strength of character and strength of body. You know, like mm-hmm. you go into the gym and you do your reps and you're, you're lifting weight and that is what carries you down on a, on a molecular level in your muscle tissue in the short term, but then it's in the rest and the recovery that you're built up stronger in the long term. And I just feel like that's part of the human experience and that's part of the human spirit is that we seek freedom because that is our birthright. That is God given. No man can take that away. Absolutely not. Um, so I just don't subscribe to the fear. I don't, I don't feed into that because that is what, you know, we, our, our battle is not against flesh and blood. And I really feel like, this World War Three that we're experiencing right now, it is not limited to the 3D reality that we're seeing and hearing with our eyes and ears. It is a spiritual warfare. Yeah. And so I do not, I do not subscribe to the fear mongering that our spiritual enemy feeds off of. There's a lot more going on here than than what we want to look at or don't want to look at on the news. And That's so and, superficial. And more than our actual eyes may ever see. Exactly. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So listen, I'm absolutely. I'm sure, like we've talked about it on the show, this is not just a read the news, straight up conservative podcast. There are a lot of players in this game moving forward. Uh, like I said, there's a mm-hmm. lot of different people from a lot of different sects who feel and hold these values true that need to start organizing and come together. And that's why we're trying to encompass all different facets of our listeners into things of like this nature. I mean, I wouldn't exactly call you a political analyst to come on this show, but the things that you've went through systematically at some point on the show have been talked to and discussed in great, um, you know, matter. And, and it's, and it's people like us all together here today that are going to make sure that moving forward, we're not only well, more prepared and educated, but working together in regards to, um, holding up the things that we hold dear. I believe that, some of our listeners are probably going to be reaching out. I personally, after doing my research, connecting with you on social media, elevating that to text messaging and things of that nature, just by going through your Instagram or your Facebook, I wouldn't have been able to tell you weren't only as grounded, as deep, um, wise, and you know, in tune with everything that's going on as you are. But now getting to really hear your voice for the first time and, and getting into the things that you hold dear... I'm actually really uh, happy that we got to connect and, and, and have you on the show. I do feel like maybe some of our listeners cool. might be reaching out to uh, kind of connect with you and, and get a little bit more of your insight. Where where could we find you um, on social media right now if we wanted to uh, just check you out or, or, or learn more about what you got going on? Yeah, you know, um, it, it's an interesting time where I'm playing with the idea of leaving Twitter um, I do have a gab. I do have a clubhouse. I do have a telegram. You know, I'm playing with all that stuff because of the tone that we're experiencing right now mm-hmm. as conservatives. Yep. But I would say still the best place to go, which you can then branch off of and, you know, go elsewhere if you prefer something like gab. The best place to still go to get started with me is Instagram. Yeah. So just go to Instagram. I hate that we My can't get away from is, Instagram, though. 
No, it's, it's I know we're handcuffed in that. I mean, Gab is like a kind of pseudo I know. Facebook Twitter hybrid, and you know the other things are what they are. But uh, you it's know, it's just such a it's just such a it's just such a like all encompassing platform. Yeah. I mean, it's like half TikTok now with the reels, and it's got stories like Snapchat, and I don't know. It's but it's a, it's a nice kind of like if you're just getting introduced to, to who I am and my philosophy and you want kind of like nice bite-sized little pictures and blog type posts, then just go to my Instagram. The handle is the fit Patriot. Um, that's E T T E at the end of Patriot, not like the normal masculine version of Patriot. Um, and, uh, yeah. And just hang out with me there. Like I love, I do spend most of my time there interacting with my followers and people that are, resonating with my message um but from there you can you can totally find my facebook and my my website which has my other blog uh for more long-form stuff and subscribe to my email list so you can get more um direct contact with me yeah you, d- you definitely have some good stuff going on on, on your social media I, I think part of the stuff that people can really relate to you on a person-to-person level is you know you talked about your modeling career you talked about how almost how you almost got eaten up by that industry you mm-hmm. talked about your comeback rooted in the way you were upbred uprung and then you go looking down your instagram page and yes there are pictures where you look very much like a model yes there's pictures where you look like you're working out super hard doing your fitness stuff but then you keep scrolling down and i see pictures of you shooting rifles i see pictures of you <laughs> eating in and out and some of the mm-hmm. ones that made me smile the most was that like there's a picture of you like twisting a certain way and you have a like a the angles like locked in on the back of your thigh and you're like it's normal this is the way it's supposed to look and then the picture right next to it is you like gushing your stomach <laughs> and you're like there's absolutely nothing mm-hmm. wrong with be like when you let it go you look super fit but you're trying to show everybody like we're all actual human people it's not painted on it's not you know, stuff that's fakely made, like, this is really me. And I I feel like even before someone reaches out and tries to connect with you, like, even on a messenger basis, you can start to get to know all sides of you just by going through your social media. And we will direct people there. We'll be sharing our episode. Uh, Your information will be highlighted, and we'll be putting it in our story on our Instagram page. And hopefully you'll do the same. I'll send you all the information. Absolutely. Yeah. I'll totally share it. Um, and I'm really, that makes me very happy to hear that just stuff I'm putting out is resonating the way that I hope it does. So thank you for that feedback. And, um, you know, I don't, I don't want to be part of the noise, you know what I mean? Like that's Mm. part of what got me out of the fashion industry and that whole, uh, very airbrushed. Scene, uh, very unnatural, and it's completely distorted standards of beauty, especially for girls. If we can talk about the man side of the superhero body type, bodybuilder, athlete, distorted standard of strength and attractiveness for men is a totally different conversation, but it's very much active on both sides. And so I never want my social media to look like the cover in vogue. It's right. completely unattainable and completely unrelatable and um, fake. So yeah. thank you for that. That's encouraging. No, I think there are going to be things for us to talk about in the future. We hope that after today you had a good time and we'll come back. I think we're going to continue to follow your journey on social media. And as the 
time passes, we'll look to link up again and have you on. Maybe as our little studio here comes together, we'll we'll, we'll have you out to San Diego one totally. time. And and we we've been talking about going shooting for a while, so we might have to come out your way, and uh, do some pew pew. Oh, yeah, we, fine. We we might have to set up in your garage or something and bust a show out there sometime too. That would so. be really fun. And hey, if you guys ever want to go out to the range, um, I've I've definitely got some great people that we can go shooting with. My man being one of them, he's an incredible trainer for that. So. Oh, perfect! Yeah, I'm in. Yeah, we all we all have a sold. We all have a strong law enforcement background in, in, for this podcast, and we'd be more than happy to go and uh, spend some time with you guys out there. Cool. Yeah. Very cool. Well, this was really fun, you guys. I appreciate your time. Thanks for having me on, and for just all the effort that you're putting into this platform and spreading truth. Um, that's that's so so powerful. So just keep keep weathering the storm. Oh yeah, that's one. That's one thing we've assured our listeners. There, there's a lot of sad feelings the last couple of weeks, but one of the things that's definitely not going to happen is us going anywhere. We will be here um, to continue to motivate, educate, and get everybody moving together so that something like this hopefully doesn't happen again, both politically and you know in direct uh, pushback against the woke movement and cancel culture. We do not tolerate that and are never going to bend the knee yeah. to that stuff. There's so much there's in in that there's so much momentum and there's so much hope. Um, Not to be confused with like hopium (laughs) that's out there in other areas online, but (laughs) just hope. There's so much that we have to be grateful for. You guys, you know, those of you who are listening, like there's so much. Um, Just take stock of your lives. Get back to basics of what you have control over in your own lives, in your own family in your own household everything else don't feed into the don't feed into the drama yep. like it's just yeah, go it's home. not worth your energy go spend, home yeah spend look your at, energy look, look on your, love look at your wife look at your kid look at your significant other look at your dog look at your cat count your blessings yeah count your blessings yeah. and, and make sure you let god know that that you appreciate that and that you you, you know if anybody's in the fight for us it's definitely him yeah. so and keep keep exactly. training and working out because we're gonna need that strength when we're in the soy fields <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll see how much. Explosion. Amen. So, Amen. Uh, soy doesn't we weigh very warriors. much. We need warriors. Wonder Women and Superman. Hopefully, yep. we're all stuck in the same camp. Yeah, hopefully, we live in the same gulag. <laughs> That'd be a pretty freaking cool camp. Yeah. I'm just saying. All right. Kayla, Kayla Michelle, yeah. the Fit Patriot. You can find her on Instagram, Facebook. Get over there, see where she's at, and, and, and get all into her stuff. Thank you for coming on the show, and, and we hope to have you back soon. Absolutely. Thank you, guys. Have a good day. Well, that, that was awesome. Yeah, except for the trash trucks in the background. There were no trash trucks in the background. Usually I'm convinced. Not, usually, we pause for that. I'm convinced the waste management company in this city don't waits. listen to the podcast. He probably waits until he's like, "Oh, they just close the garage door. Let's run the recycle, no, the garden, the, and the black the trash studio door. The stu- the soundproof studio door." <laughs> Um, no, that was amazing. I'm glad she carved out time in her day to, to um, share her story. And, and like she opened up a lot more than I think we all anticipated, which mm-hmm. is really cool. Yeah. Hearing her story. And the, um, I would assume a lot of people don't make it out of that industry the way she did. Yeah. No, they definitely oh, they go burn the out, ladder. Burn or, out, burn hard, yeah. Or die. Yeah. So, yeah, we, we were really fortunate to, to be able to grab her for a portion of her day, and we hope to have her on again soon. It's It's really good when you can get... You can unplug from the politics and everything that's going on for a little minute and talk about life. 
Yeah, no, well, not only life, but like the energies and mm. the spiritual aspect of everything that's going around. This is a multi-level war that's going on right now. It's digital, it's spiritual, it's attack on the home. 4D chess? 12D chess. So, we'll never stop. <laughs> Just when you thought we couldn't go up from something as uplifting as that, former... Do it. President Donald Trump. Do it. Yesterday. Do it. Officially announced. What a rip. And now I'm reading from the national file. Oh, God. The office of the former president. He pledges to carry on the agenda of the Trump administration moving forward. Nice. Yeah. Uh, Looking through this right now. Is there an office of the former president banner? There sure is, and he put out a logo and everything. Um, Yesterday... President Donald J. Trump announced that the office of the former president, staffed by President Trump's former White House advisors, uh, according to a statement from the office of the former president, Trump will continue to push for his America First agenda using the office. Yes. And continuing to read today, or yesterday, the 45th president formally opened the office of the former president. The statement began. The office will be responsible for managing President Trump's correspondence, public statements, appearances, and official activities to advance the interests of the United States and carry on the agenda of the Trump administration through advocacy, organizing, and public activism. Hmm. Yeah. Quoting, President Trump will always and forever be the champion of the American people. And the statement concluded. Um, Trump has now established the office of the former president, which is run by former White House aides, and will be responsible for managing all of his stuff. And it looks like, uh, you know, there's been much speculation about it and how the president would return to the political stage, and this seems to start to answer that question. Um, people are saying that he's going to be, you know, king-making people moving forward, which means, like, he's going to be picking MAGA, America First, Trump, conservatives to be running for political office. We know primary season is coming up soon, and we hope a lot of these assholes that fucked us over in the last election get primary, and it looks like Trump's going to have his hand in that. Asshole! Heavily. Um... And, you know, endorsements in the past, like Kelly Ward, who was down in Arizona and wound up winning by a considerable margin after he basically blessed her candidacy for for running and things of that nature are what Donald Trump's going to be pretty much focusing on. Uh, It's also worth noting that there is a similarity in naming conventions between the office of the former president, which Trump established yesterday, and the fictional office of the (laughs) president-elect that Joe Biden claimed to represent during the two-month period that President Trump contested the 2020 election. Got him. Biden's fictional office was widely mocked by conservatives. Um, We know Trump's current office is going to be— It wasn't just them. Right. It's going to be mocked by liberals, but it it just opens up the door for 2020. We all know it's coming. So we get through this primary season, which starts in a few months and runs up through 2022. And if not right at then, if not before, he is going to formally announce. And there's not a person in the Republican Party right now that can fucking touch him. I'm calling it early. A dream ticket for me would be Trump Hawley. A lot of people say Ted Cruz, and I see you and I feel you. I think Ted Cruz is an eventual vice presidential candidate down the road, if not a Supreme Court justice huh. nominee and eventually yeah. appointee. He might be more effective in the Supreme Court. Right. Because the vice president, let's be honest, doesn't really do anything. No. Well, our last vice president didn't fucking do anything. Except for betray us. <laughs> so going directly hand in hand with that. Piece of shit. I'm reading from the Gateway Pundit now. Yesterday, uh, it was rumored and then later confirmed that 
President Trump is drafting an enemies list or dirtbag Republicans to primary. Got him. And is moving forward with his plans to, uh, you know, get, get these people out of office. That's a direct quote. Dirtbag. Dirtbag list. It's going to be a long one. You got to remember. I love it. When you talk about simply the business aspect of Donald Trump, he rides or dies on loyalties. If you're loyal to him, he will die for you. If you're not, he will, like what he said with Oprah. You're fired. Right. And Hillary Clinton and all those people who were supposedly Jesse Jackson and all those other assholes who were friends with him before he became president and then called him every name under the sun and accused him of everything even worse uh, after that. Um, You know, we talk about failed leadership in the Republican Party. Mike Pence, he betrayed Trump. He's our modern-day Judas. You're fired. You look at people like Minority Leader Mitch McConnell and Minority Leader Kevin McCarthy. They both came out in the last couple weeks and and basically, in some way, shape, or form, blamed Trump for the January 6th riots. We all know that's not true. Um, That's idiotic. Right. And to think he's not a force, you have to believe the establishment GOP is this both stupid and arrogant because they think— I believe it. Right. Just because he's gone, he's out of the picture, you have no idea. He has all of these voters and more, all the people getting Biden remorse right now Mm -hmm. that are going to be jumping on him to say, I fucking told you so. Union leaders, government workers, you know, uh, people who want strong borders, all those border towns he won that that a Republican candidate hasn't won since the early 1900s because they know, number one, the wall works. Number two, the immigration policy was rock fucking solid. Are all going to be coming— over to this side and going for people who uh, Donald Trump is going to be not only putting up and supporting, but getting on board with him when he announces his second candidacy uh, as well. One thing that was debunked over the past couple of days, Donald Trump will not be forming a third party. Yeah, he that. actually yeah. disavowed the... Yeah, it, it's just not going to happen. Whether or not he calls his Republican nomination movement something other than the standard GOP, he's not going to go with the Patriot Party. He's not going with the MAGA Party or anything of that nature. That has been completely debunked. I don't see it happening. It splits the ticket, and and I just don't know. It, it would like unaware, uneducated, and probably older Republican voters probably would leave them more in the undecided category. If you go and it would be more detrimental yep. than yeah. anything. So, yeah. I mean, the last things that Donald Trump said was to a reporter last week that says we're getting ready to do something, but not just yet. We all don't know what that means. I speculate that it has something directly to do with let's see what happens with the impeachment trials that are getting ready to start. And after that, it's going to be huge. I can't see that getting any traction. Well, and here's the thing. There's a big push on the Democrats to impeach this guy, and they're going to try it. If this doesn't work, they're going to try it again. This is going to be another four-year Russia collusion hoax. I just don't hoax. know how you can impeach somebody well, I mean, who's not the president. You don't even have the chief justice of the Supreme Court overseeing the impeachment hearings. But per the Constitution, he needs to do. That's how much of a not— This is just Nothing spi- sandwich. pure spite. Yeah. Pure spite. Well, and here's—I think part of it is they're scared. You know, if we think—I'm a huge UFC fan. If we put this in a, terms of a fight, the first round, a lot of times in fighting— you can look at a fight and judge around, and a lot of times the judges will judge it because they saw things differently. So let's say the first round went to Biden. Now they're in the corner and they're coming up with a game plan, and they know that Trump, in a sense, figuratively has knockout power. So they're saying if we don't finish this guy, he's going to kill you. He's going to murder you in the second round or the third round. Like eventually he's going to win. And I think that's what the Democrats just got their ass kicked. The judges gave him the first round as points, and now they're sitting back going, Dude, we got to figure out something because if we stand and go toe to toe with this guy, it's not going to end well. And Trump is That's sitting in a good his, analogy. His, yeah. Trump's sitting in his corner. Go, I know I won that first round, and I'll win the next four rounds if I have to. But I'm going to go for the knockout. And his corner is not panicking. 
You know, that's why I think the people that are close to him are not freaking out right now. Everyone's kind of like, all right, yeah, we'll get, you know what? You can have the first round. We'll let you even keep that one, but stand by because you're getting a world of hurt and it's coming in quick. You, you remember when they originally voted for the impeachment, although it had no outcome uh, weight in the overall tallying of the votes, Liz Cheney organized nine other Republicans decided with her in voting for impeachment when it was in the House. Well, the good news is, is that the Republican National Committee and grassroots organizations have already brought to the forefront for including her seat. She will be gone, 100%. Third highest-ranking Republican will be gone Bye, Felicia. in 2022. There are three currently, uh, out of those 10, people already coming to primary challenge them for the next <clears throat> election. Yeah. So you're going to see a lot of people who weren't involved with the America First, the MAGA movement, supporting Donald Trump, going and primarying the assholes out of office in 2022. That's something that I think is huge. And is definitely uh, a knee-jerk reaction, yeah, to not supporting the president. Um, a couple other things I got for our audience before we left, or before we get out of here. Uh, another great friend of the administration, and hopefully one day of the show, Sarah Huckabee Sanders. Yeah, she announced her candidacy to run for governor of Arkansas, Arkansas this week. Mm. Going for her dad's old spot is something that she'll win number one in a landslide, and number two, awesomely for the Republican Party, because you're going to have her. You know, running a, a big state that's involved in a lot of trade, and uh, one that's going to support. I know this is messed up. The conver conservative movement. Every time she talks, I can't help but look at her lazy eye. It, it's lazy eye, and she's got one going off the wires eyebrow. It's so distracting. Just get her some sunglasses. She she's she's pretty fucking tough. Ray Charles glasses. And, and and then the only other thing I got for us is the one thing I hate talking about on this show more than anything: coronavirus. Oh yeah, we're, we're we're seeing a lot of shit happen since since Sleepy Joe Basements, Yo Joey Basement, got inaugurated last week, and uh, for instance, New York, Washington D.C., Chicago, the state of Michigan, and the state of California all miraculously lifting their coronavirus restrictions, stay-at-home orders, and curfews. I called it over the last forty hours. Anyone who's a real conservative called it. Donald Trump fucking called it. Um, and the fact of the matter is, I just went and did some research. Let's just go purely off ICU numbers, which we know are manipulated by hospitals and definitely don't mean anything. When, where we live in the state of California, when we were locked down on December 9th for like the 50th time, but the one that's been on since then, where it's stay-at-home order, everything's canceled, no indoor, outdoor, nothing, and no school, and dawn to dust curfew, the current ICU at that time was around 2,500-ish, okay? And remember, fake numbers completely manipulated by hospitals. Again, for our listeners who don't know, if you work in a hospital and you have 10 beds and you say three beds are ICU and those three beds get filled, you're over capacity for ICU. Even though you have the ability to make more bed space, they do it for political reasons, yep. okay? Now we're talking about all of the orders being lifted in California and probably a lot more stuff opening up by next week, right? The bed space for ICUs in California is nearly 8 fucking thousand. So it makes no sense. If the amount of ICU beds being used right now is three times greater than it was December 9th, why the fuck are we miraculously just lifting the restrictions in California? There's two reasons. One, so Biden looks like a superstar, and for at least for California, Newsom, well, you can't have the economy. Newsom's, Newsom's, Newsom's really close to getting recalled. So they, so they, they had it's the his last ditch effort yeah, to they, one show Biden to appease everybody. He's amazing. Look at everything's opening back up, and then 
The, yeah. this, this political stunt by Gavin Newsom has ruined families, ruined children, ruined small business, ruined the middle class, and has ruined his chance of going and running for president in 2024. He is going to get recalled. They're nearing the 1.3 million mark. They need 1.5 in like a month and a half. In addition to the grassroots campaign that they've had going on, now they're doing free-for-all fucking mail-in recall. I got mine. I filled that shit out. I made my wife sign it, and I sent it back today. So they're going to get a taste of their own medicine, and they're going to see what it's like to really fuck with the people. Even when you supposedly have a 70% approval rating in California. Just crap. You're, you're out of here. He's getting recalled. That's 100% guaranteed. I'm calling on the show no matter what. I actually have several pages that uh, they I hadn't turned in yet. Mm-hmm. And it was nice because they sent that recall thing to my mom. Right. Had her sign it. Now I got three pages to turn in. Perfect. Yeah, as many people as you can. Classic. If you if you live anywhere in California, you know how hard it's been here, uh, especially if you're a person that's, you know, owner of a small business or you're in the middle class and have been put on unemployment. If your children have been uh, sent home from school all year, I read an article yesterday in one school district in Nevada, since the coronavirus started, 18 kids have committed suicide in one school district, forcing a lawsuit from the parents to make the schools open up during coronavirus because Jeez. it was literally killing the kids. And I'm not talking about the lack of education that my kids are receiving and I bitch on this show about all the time. I'm talking about kids are literally fucking killing themselves from basically like isolation sickness. You yeah. know what I'm saying? It's, it's, it's terrible. They're having to deal with their shitty parents. Right. What they've done and, and, you know, I saw in the news the other day, piece of shit, Dr. Fauci went on Rachel Maddow and was like telling her how happy he is that he finally gets to go on her show and she wanted to go on for so long. In addition to, they had him on a news report the other day from ABC where the lady said, what's the plan? When he couldn't discriminate what the difference in the plan was gonna be between the Trump administration and the Biden administration, he started to hitch his wagon onto, you know, 100 million vaccines in the first 100 days. And she's like, well, is that just the vaccine that you only need once or is it the vaccine that you need twice? And he's like, uh, well, you know, it's 100 million. And by the end of the conversation, she had said, well, we did the math and the most you're talking about ish is 65 million people vaccinated, not 100 million based off the one vaccine that requires two shots of the 28 well, gap. Well, they both between. require two shots. Well, and here's the thing. He started back talking it and he was doing so much of the uh, 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 by the end of his fucking government. You just know that this person's a jerk off. It was also leaked to the news this week that Dr. Fauci is the highest paid federal employee in the United oh. States, making almost <laughs> 420,000 fucking dollars a year. The guy has not treated a patient in over 35 years the guy has not worked in a fucking virology lab in decades and he's out there telling people what to do wrong at every turn mask off always caught and it's just that people put this guy up there on a pedestal and, and he's he a complete and piece of shit yes he's a liar and he doesn't know what he's talking about it's all money it's all lobbyists and that four hundred twenty thousand dollars a year does not include his fucking book deals it doesn't include his speaking engagement all the or, lobby deals or any gets. yes any lobbyist money he gets trash you gotta remember something people davos started this week the keynote speaker at day one was Xi Jinping from China. And he gave a fucking one world, CCP, China right to the planet fucking speech at the end where he took no accountability for the coronavirus. This, that, and the other thing. The other day on Chinese television, they ran a seven minute fucking expose where they're still saying that the coronavirus originated out of Fort Detrick, a United States military base. And <laughs> seven minutes 
with fucking file footage of the base over and over showing pictures of American soldiers like unloading Humvees from boats and marching in step and step. And they're just trying to ingrate it into these people's head into the rest of the world. Number one, it's not as bad as everybody thought it was. Number two, we don't have to take accountability for it for fucking anything. And number three, it did not come from China when we all fucking know it did. China. China. So that's my rant on that. And, uh, you know, that's kind of the week that was. We, we, we had some big news, both up and downs. Uh, and just remember, for all the stupid shit that the Biden administration's gone, we are organizing behind the, fe- behind the scenes. We're getting shit done, and we're getting the word out to all you guys that we are a true conservative grassroots voice mm. amidst all of the liberal, D.C., swampy bullshit. And to be proud of your country and to live in the United States is not a crime, and it doesn't make you racist. It makes you a patriot. Correct. You can find us on Instagram. That's the best place to find us. Steak for Breakfast Podcast. One word. And uh, we got fire memes. We got great stories. Good info. And, uh, yeah, we got great friends. Uh, thanks to all of our sponsors, West Coast Survival Arms. Find them on Facebook. StayReadyGear.com. Uh, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Manrubs. Manrubs.com on Facebook and Instagram. Mediocre Medics on Instagram. We all thoroughly encourage our listeners to check them out. And... Rounding up, as always, dumpbox.us, Mark Joe Friday, Adventure of the Zero Fuck Duck, all the good morale gear you need. I'm wearing my Essential Veteran t-shirt today, <laughs> and I usually wear something by him every week because I have so much of it. Um, we want to thank Tom Pappert at The National File, uh, editor-in-chief over there, for having the balls to report the news before anyone else will. He broke the story on um, the office of the former president, Donald Trump's announcement, uh, before it could be verified by the mainstream media, and I shared it to my social media before they did. Uh, Jack Wasobiak of America One, who shared one of our stories from Instagram yesterday. Nice. Not sure if you're a fan, not sure if you listen, but we we air high fived it yesterday. And uh, you're out there holding the line. I hear you on War Room with Steve Bannon every day, and I really like what you're doing. The Orange Man Podcast, who we'll be collaborating, collabing with in February. Nice. It's gonna be bigly, huge. I don't know if you guys ever listen to their show. Find them on Instagram. Listen to their show. The guys are fucking hilarious. Uh, The ladies over at Russian Disinformation, we're getting with them in two weeks. Jasmine and Austin. I got to check that out. uh, They are very uh, spicy. Yeah. Memes. Podcast. They're they're calling it like it is. The whole package. Yeah, they're down some rabbit holes. Uh, James and Ant from We The People Radio Podcast. See you soon. Yeah, we're going to be hanging out with them on Saturday. It's going to be fucking amazing. Uh, friends of the week, the rebellious dot Arab girl Marwa, Doctor Red Pill, Khalila Three, Axia 4.0, 5.0, and 6.0. <laughs> She's got another account. I forgot to write it down, but uh, she wants to co-host with us, and she might actually do that next week. We'll be talking about energies and shit of that nature. Yep. <laughs> Susie Q, Baby Cakes 2.0. <laughs> there goes Nick on Q. Uh, <laughs> You are the most artistically beautiful meme maker that we uh, share stories of, and, and we love it. We're the 99% to our friend from South Africa. Always good for conversations and uh, talking about all things patriotically. Speaking of patriotically, mm. what I mean to say, period, in between each word, is one of my favorite Instagram accounts to share stuff from and interact with. Uh, the real Felicia Hardy, formerly Wonder Woman. Jewel Thief, 1776. She's back. She's fire. She's a friend of the show. Me and her have actually started connecting. Good. Hopefully she's not listening because I'm going to continue to work until eventually she comes on the show. She goes on the We The People radio podcast 
She's been on that show once. How dare her. Right. Um, but I'm going to keep working it until... I think I'm going to bro her something from... Well, sis her something from Dumpbox. Mm. Maybe I'll send her a coronavirus t-shirt or something. There you go. And uh, get her out. Nothing like a good old bribe. Right. Uh, Maria. My Maria777. You want to go down through some uh, rabbit holes that have no bottoms. <laughs> you listen to her podcast. They range anywhere between the two and five hour length. And she, she's really got some good content going. Good Citizen 2.0. Obi-Wan Kenobi, love interacting you on there. And then our first guest, our former guest, Law of One. Future guest. Right. Again. She has been nuked for, I think, the eighth time. Oh. And now has a new account. You can find Law of One at DestroyFear22, all one word, numbers at the end. And, uh, yeah, she is I'm doing back. it as we speak. Right. Well, well, she made a new Law of One. It was, like, underscore Law of One dot 22, and that immediately got new. Like, I I friended her on my personal account, and then I, when I went for the steak for breakfast one, it already she was already zeroed out. <laughs> so she's like, ah, fuck. So she had to go and make a completely different name. But she's out there. Her link tree is fire, and uh, she's a good friend of the show. I talk to her almost every day, and we hope to have her on the show soon. Last, if not... By any means least, our guest today, Kayla yes. Michelle, the Fit Patriot. Thank you for coming on. Thank you for sharing your story and giving us some of your testimony. Yep. Uh, we appreciate everything that we could do to give you that platform and hope that moving forward, our platforms will be exchanged between our social media. Not only that, our friendship has grown now. Correct. So you can find her on Instagram, also on Facebook. Uh, reach out to her. She, she may not do it immediately, but she will reach back. And as long as you're, you know, got some intelligent stuff to fire her way and, and really want to know what's up, about either her story, fitness, spirituality, she will get back to you and and point you down the right direction. So until next week, friends, we got to continue to hold the line. Yep. Stay strong. Yeah, there's nothing more we can do right now than what we're doing, and that's getting the information out to you guys in a a true conservative fashion with the uh, Steak for Breakfast podcast twist on it. So until this Saturday when we do our special, our exclusive Mm. with the We the People folks, Mm -hmm. uh, I'm Roan. Noah, Nick, and this has been the Steak for Breakfast podcast. We'll see you guys next week. All right. And again, like, share, subscribe, all that good stuff. Yep. Other than that, keep an eye out for a Twitter handle that's definitely not us. It's definitely <laughs> <laughs> more to come. All right. We'll see you guys soon. Take care, guys. <laughs>